You've seen those movies where they say, make my day, or I'm your worst nightmare. Well, listen to this one. Rubber baby buggy bumpers. Ha! You didn't know I'm gonna say that, did you? Your move, creep. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Film Feast podcast. I am your host, Matt Bledsoe. Uh, this week, we are talking about Black Swan from 2010. Tell me, talk about it. Uh, I'm joined by someone who I feel like needs no instruction at this point. Uh, just one of my fa- favorite people to talk movies with, uh, Carmelita Valdez-McCoy. Carmelita, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you, Matt? <laughs> I'm good. I'm very excited to talk to you again. Yes, I'm. <laughs> I'm very excited to talk to you. I'm very excited about the movie we're talking about. I'm here to bring the crazy, the crazy lady energy. Energy. (laughs) Okay. That's good. That's good. You look super excited. This is fun. I'm (laughs) I'm so excited. When you brought this up as a a movie we could talk about, I was like, oh yeah, love that movie. And then when I started like working on my notes and I did a rewatch, I was like, oh my God, this is going to be so epic. (laughs) Oh, yeah. There, there's a lot to talk about with Black Swan. Oh, there's so much. There's a lot to dig into. I was watching some YouTube videos afterwards. I'm like, do I understand all this? Or I was like, <laughs> it's like, I don't want to sound like I'm stupid. Uh, it's like, there's, a, there's a lot going on in Black Swan. I'm wildly unqualified to talk about this movie because I know nothing about ballet, nothing about Swan Lake, uh, nothing about uh, what else? I, it's like, crazy people? I don't know. But <laughs> like, ballet is just the vehicle, my friend. This, yeah for this, this true for all these other themes he's we're, we're gonna get there we're gonna get there <laughs> okay all right um so yeah anyway so uh welcome back it hasn't been too too long i feel like we recorded yeah. december for jackie brown yeah which was so much fun that was one of my favorite episodes i think we've ever done um people seem to love it it's great it's oh, a good time i'm so glad because <laughs> i i loved talking about it with you guys so yeah, that was a good conversation. That really, I, it's I. I don't like to pat myself on the back, especially when one just ends. But I'm like, we did a good job. I'm like, was like, go <laughs> well, sometimes us. you know, it's like you have a conversation with some friends, mm-hmm. which is one of the beautiful things about film feasts is that it feels very much like just hanging out with your friends talking. But you know, sometimes you get that good feeling, like, oh, I feel really good about the conversation we just had and sharing it with the world. So, yeah, yeah. People have told me that a lot lately, too, uh, about it's like they like the show because it's like having a conversation, which makes me feel very nice. So people keep telling me that uh, and people are really building me up. And like sometimes I think about, you know, changing this or tweaking that or making the show shorter. I think about that all the time because we do episodes <laughs> that are very long. And I see other podcasts that pump out like there's like an hour, hour 15, maybe hour 30 if they're feeling adventurous and ours like rarely are under two hours and i'm like should we change it but then everyone comes back and tells me like no no you know we so we we're going to be able to process your perfectionism in mine we can have a therapy session about it when we talk about black <laughs> swan 
but uh, I'll just now I'll interject and say, no, you don't need to change anything. Okay. <laughs> all right, good. That's all I need to hear. Uh, <laughs> it's very easily swayed back. No, I'm like, okay, I won't change anything. Um, so, well, anyway, uh, before we talk about Black Swan, we can talk about stuff we've seen lately. I know you were telling me before we started recording, you were doing a lot of podcast prepping. So I don't know what else you've got time to watch besides stuff for podcasts, but I make time. Okay. <laughs> I make time. Uh, yeah, I got a couple of things for you. A couple of fun things. So first up, I I stumbled on this one because I was looking for Telly Savalas movies. I don't know if, if I've ever told you I adore Telly Savalas. I don't think you've talked about this. There is something about Telly Savalas that is just, I find the man so comforting. <laughs> he's like, he's like another uncle. <laughs> in my life because I grew up watching Kojak I was saying what was the show it was Kojak right yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. who loves you baby yeah <laughs> I love you Telly I love you so so I was like looking for Telly Savalas movies and I stumbled upon this which is on Tubi and I've been availing myself of Tubi more often recently because I'm trying to save my monies oh mm. and so I kind of I have to just sit through the commercials like it or not it's like <laughs> homegirl you're broke <laughs> so it's too no, you're time. not gonna it's cheapy time yeah <laughs> you need to be to be there for you when all their streaming services want to raise their prices or exactly to be like we got you um we got you yeah so <laughs> they brought into my life the assassination bureau from 1969 that title sounds very familiar <laughs> oh this movie is so much fun it's so fun and light and I mean, you know, I usually watch a lot of like weird, morbid shit, but <laughs> this is like really light, breezy, fun. It's like a 60s caper film. The premise being that it's all of these assassins trying to assassinate each other. And it's set in Victorian England and Europe. So they're all dressed <laughs> in like Victorian garb and they're all trying to kill each other in all these creative ways. It stars Oliver Reed, Diana Rigg, and Telly Savalas. I also love Oliver Reed, and he's hilarious in this. <laughs> and Diana Rigg is awesome. It's just really fun. It's a really fun movie. So if you need something light, if you, like I, love Oliver Reed, Diana Rigg, and Telly Savalas, like you can't lose with this movie. It's Sounds just like a hygiene. Fun trio i like hijinks yes. you're you're selling it assassination hijinks <laughs> people trying to kill each other oliver reed putting on disguises so that he can get close to the marks to kill them oh okay yeah this does sound pretty fun i just it's added my really watch fun. list on indb yeah i could i've it. heard the name before i swear i've heard the name but i otherwise not sound familiar but um all right that's cool that sounds like a little hidden gem so yeah that's what tubi's good really for too they have stuff where it's like, what is this? And, you know, then it's like this little hidden gem. Also, I was like, Tubi, I think Tubi pretty good about the commercials compared to other places that have ads. Yeah, I, it's not that bad. I think I, if I watch an hour and a half movie, I maybe get two to three throughout the whole, which is not bad. Yeah. It's like, it's, that's no, so, it's not. So there's a, the uh, Roku channel, I think it was. Oh my God. Like 10 ads in an hour and a half movie. <laughs> not. <laughs> Cool. Like I do not like this. Um, Freebie yeah. on Amazon is not too bad. Most of the commercials are for movies or television. Oh yeah, yeah. 
rather than like random products. So that's not too bad either. But yeah, my broke ass is is having to suck it up and deal with Tubi. So I, listen, I've seen the price of eggs recently. Everything's like every <laughs> everything's getting crazy. I'm like making some hard choices on like streaming services and things to yeah, cut. Yeah, like, oh, it hurts. Probably shouldn't buy so many Blu-rays. Uh, like, it hurts, friends. It does. It's hard. It does I always I do that like justification like. Hey man, I don't blow my money on a bunch of crazy stuff. Like these are like little things that bring me joy. Why? <laughs> don't take them away from me. You know. But I know. Whatever. I know. Um, I have Fine. three. <laughs> I I will explain. I have three movies I need to watch for an upcoming podcast. I none uh -huh. of them are streaming free anywhere, and I just keep waiting. Because we're recording this at the end of January. I'm just hoping February 1st. You're just like holding out. I'm holding out I'm until as soon as possible. Like, get become free on one of the nine services I have uh, that I have access to, like somewhere, but they're all, I have to pay to rent them. And I'm like, I don't want trying to be cheap, but the three or four bucks, I'm like, no, no, no. I was like, just be free somewhere. Um, that's well, that's I'm crossing my fingers for you. Thank you. That's a, it's like you have all these streaming services and stuff's not on any of them. Like, how is that possible? <laughs> like, we're like going to pay to rent them. Like, it's a hard oh, truth. It's a hard anyway, truth. But yeah, that's something like so, a cool yeah, movie, One more so. for you, okay. which I think is fun. Um, <laughs> I don't know if everyone else will think it's fun. <laughs> so this movie is from Spain. It is in Spanish. Shrew's Nest from 2014. Is it, it called is Shrew's Nest? Shrew's Nest. Like, oh, okay. like shrew, like the animal. Okay. It's on Shudder. So anyone who's got Shutter or AMC Plus can see that. So this movie's really cool. It's like this these two sisters live in an apartment. The older sister is like super Catholic and she's agoraphobic. She's scared to leave the apartment. Like like a little full-blown agoraphobia mm. cannot leave. And she's like trying to control the younger sister who does leave the apartment to go to work. So they have like this really messed up dynamic between the two of them. And then an injured man comes looking for help. He's injured right in front of their doorstep and he gets brought into the shrew's nest and you get uh. to see just like, <laughs> it's wild. It's a good time. So it's uh. more of a thriller really. Mm -hmm. it's not, I wouldn't call it a horror movie per se, but it's pretty good. I've never even I never heard this title before. Never heard of it. So it's, it's on Shutter. Yeah, they don't promote yeah. their stuff very well either. That that kind of makes sense. <laughs> like, yeah. Um. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, Shrewsness. All right, go look out for that one. I gotta yeah, dust she's, off she's my like Shutter. She's like a seamstress for mm -hmm. like she she's like a seamstress because something people can bring the work to her house and she doesn't have to leave her home. And and so there's like sewing related dangers involved. It's <laughs> it's good. All right. Yeah, I got I I feel like I've not used my shutter in a long time. So that uh might have dust that off and go see what's going on over there. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, cool, cool. Um what do you got? Uh a couple of things I was kind of teasing before we started talking. Uh one I know you want to see, you have not seen. I saw the new Brandon Cronenberg movie, oh Infinity God, Pool. I see it so bad. I liked it. <laughs> this will probably not surprise you at all. It's really fucking weird. Yes. Like, uh it's maybe more out there than possessor it actually probably really? is really i think <laughs> i've only seen the possessor once or possessor one time 
I really like Possessor. I like Possessor more than this. Um, okay. It's funny because before I pitched Black Swan to you, on my short list of options was Possessor uh, as a thing to talk about. Um, well, if you ever want to do it, <laughs> I'm so down. Because Possessor was one that I fell instantly madly in love with the first time I oh, saw okay. it. I went out and bought it right away. I've already <laughs> rewatched it two or three times. And based on the strength of Possessor, when I heard about Infinity Pool, I was like, oh my God, I have to see that movie. And I was just, there was just no way I could get to the theater this last weekend. So mm -hmm. I'm like dying. <laughs> dying. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to rub it in, but it's, it's no, uh, no, 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 no. It's, it's, it's good. I, I, I was into it. Uh, I thought it kept me pretty well, like engaged in what was happening. I, you know, it's, I don't, I didn't even know like the main conceit of the movie and I haven't mm. even watched a trailer. So I don't know if they're hiding like the main kind of crux of what's going on. And that to me was so much more surprising because <laughs> I was like, Oh, this is what they're doing. Like, I didn't know there was this like pseudo sci-fi thing that happens to the main character pretty early on in the movie. And I was like, Oh, how that's going to, how's that going to work? And <laughs> <laughs> uh, like that made it so much that little twist was so interesting and then it, there's so much more after that and it keeps twisting and twist not like it just gets more and more twisted i should say than twisting it's like goes on this path of like this is getting weirder and weirder and uh I'm so excited i don't want to say too much especially you're gonna see it soon so i mean <laughs> I I, am. it's i yeah <laughs> i avoided the trailer if there was one i was like avoiding reading any kind of production mm -hmm. news I did see the press photo of Alexander Skarsgård on his on all fours, <laughs> collared and leashed, and the leash being held by Mia Goth. And I said, right. "Okay, this is definitely the movie for me. If this has if this has anything to do with the content of the film, clearly not. I need as... to go see it." So. directly as that photo i saw the same photo <laughs> uh there was a lot of buzz coming out of sundance i think it just there was like an yeah. nc-17 cut that i don't know how much they cut because there's a lot in this and i saw like i don't know what <laughs> the hell i'm like what is the nc-17 cut about because this got away with a lot i was surprised like for an r-rated movie that played at my local amc um uh yeah it was it was uh it was a trip i it does it's almost two hours long. I feel like it gets to a point right before the kind of the actual climax where it starts to dip a little bit where it's like, okay, mm. you, we can, we don't need all this. Like there's like, let's wrap it up, yeah. up kind of like you don't need, there's like a little too much padding near the end. Like before we really get to the, the finale that I'm kind of like, okay, like, you know, dude, but then it, it ends, I think pretty strong. Um, yeah. I mean, I can probably tell me what's about it. Then we know. So <laughs> I'll give you the basic synopsis the very basic synopsis so alexander skarsgård goes to this like nice resort it's in a fictional island i i feel like they're trying to say it's somewhere in south america but they never say really where it is um and they go to this it's like a nice resort but like everyone's like don't leave the grounds you know like stay on the resort property because it's really dangerous out there there's like you know cartels probably or so i don't know they, they kind of allude to some things they don't really say but they go uh, alexander skarsgård and his wife played like cleopatra coleman who i think who I think was the lead in Cats, if I remember right. <laughs> the oh. Cats movie. Yeah, not not her fault. It's a bad movie, not her fault. <laughs> but uh, 
she didn't make them look like that. So they uh they <laughs> they go with Mia Goth and her husband, who I I don't know which what this guy's name is, uh, and I can't find it. Scroll ninety B, but they go off with them. Actually, might have your husband. I don't know. They go off with them. Some bad stuff happens, and I then it spirals into a lot more crazy stuff. There's something that happens. There's a lot of commentating on like what rich people can get away with versus mm. what people who aren't rich can't get away with, and like how uh, you know status and privilege buy you this. There's I think there's stuff about like you know these these resort properties that put themselves in like kind of impoverished countries, and they're kind of you know is that a good thing? And they kind of like they get, you know they put the gates up, and they're like, oh, we have this nice luxury resort, but don't come through the fence. You know, there's a commentary on that. Um, there is some kind of like I think like humiliation domination kink stuff that's kind of okay. like alluded to and there's like some I don't I don't I won't say anymore I won't spoil anything it's it gets like wow I was like I'm watching this in my local AMC which is always a fun <laughs> feeling of like this crazy movie snuck in here I do have a quick theater story cuz this is like the third time in 3 months this has happened to me I don't what know what's happens? going on. Are people okay? Because I I go into this <laughs> theater. I think I told the story. I went to go see Smile with a couple friends, like like two months after it first came out. At a like a broken down theater. There was nobody there. And then this group of teenagers came in and sat like directly behind us. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, go anywhere else in the theater. The theater is your oyster. Go anywhere. All the seats are open. Um, so that happened like a couple months ago. And then I go to Infinity Pool. And I go, there's like eight people there total. And the, the theater's not huge. It's a smaller theater for them. But it's like a 50 to 75 person theater. Maybe undershooting that, I'm not sure. It's like, it's not that big though. But there's only like eight people there. And like this couple comes in and they leave a nice two seat gap between me and them. I have a, I have a seat that I like on the end, the back row on the end. Okay. By myself, just leave, you know, leave me alone. Oh, <laughs> and, and, like, and you're all the way in the back? But the back's not that far back in this theater. The back is okay. like, okay. I'm trying to, I can't even give you a, <laughs> there's like i would say the the screen and there's like four rows in the front there's a gap like a walkway gap right and then there's this the the elevated seated section that only has about five rows to the back of the wall oh okay so it's okay. a smaller theater it's little for, it's little yeah little but i like it's i kind of like it better actually than the gigantic one but um so i get my seat far side back row very last seat in the row like against the wall great a uh, couple comes in, they leave two seats. I'm like, yeah, a little close, but that's fine. You'll have two seats. Okay, then this happens. I, I am baffled by this. So we're 20 minutes in. Previews are still going because it's AMC. Uh, haven't got to the Nicole Kidman thing yet. And, and like, but but I'm like, yeah, it's 620. Things started at 6. Uh, this couple, I think they're a couple. I don't know. This These two people walk in and the guy they look around and you buy your seats like reserved seats here you don't just come in and pick like you're supposed yeah, to yeah. you know no they looked like they had no idea where to go they looked around like oh all all i mean they, they, the world is the worst well, that's what they happens have... when you're walking around in the dark because you didn't get there on time <laughs> exactly i know exactly and they any seat pick a seat they're all open and the guy kind of taps her and makes a motion like i'm gonna go back out maybe grab some food or something but she's by herself she looks around and just kind of like goes walks up and sits directly next to me. I was stunned. 
I almost turned to her and said, are you fucking kidding me? But I was, I was like, nope. I just, I gave her a look like this. You can't, why? We can't be doing this right now. This is crazy. But she just sat down like, eh, this is where I belong. And then I just was like, do I move? That's so awkward if I just like run away from this person immediately. But I mean, there's so many seats I could go to. <laughs> like she had, she could have gone the row directly in front of us on the end. Right. They would have had by themselves to spread out. But she chose the seat next to me. Oh. I, <laughs> and then the guy comes back and I, God bless him. He gave her a look like, we really doing this? Like he like, he looked at her like, he gave her a quick look like, this is where you want to sit between the couple and the random guy. Like you don't want to sit anywhere else and she gave, look, else? she gave him a look like sit down like this is where we're sitting <laughs> like kind of like a head nod like sit down and he was like okay and like i tell i could tell he was like this is weird but i guess we're doing it like um <laughs> so then i had to sit next to this random person who to their credit not bad they weren't like an annoying they sure. didn't a couple little comments to each other just asking and stuff i you know need to clarify she was like what's going on or who's that but and then like nothing crazy but like it was just so awkward because the seats are like tight in that theater. So and the I'm movie's like, buck wild. And the you're movie's buck next wild. To these There's strangers. like, yeah, not. I didn't want to be near anybody in this, but let alone a stranger. Like I was like, we're too close. Like I think at one point, I was telling my sister about this earlier. I was calling her. I was. I think at one point the woman turned to me, and asked me a question, but I wasn't sure, so I didn't respond. I felt she turned to me at one point and said, "Who's that?" I was like, "We're not. I don't. It's like I'm not here to answer your question." I don't so know I just, you. I just kind of stared. I, I was, that's what I felt. I don't know you. So I stared ahead. Though I didn't. I don't even know. I was like, I, you know, I was, I'm focused on the movie. So I thought of escaping so many times to a different seat, but I thought it might. Be I would have done it. I know, but I, I almost, I was like, what can I do? Can I like leave for a quick second? I think, and, I think this is, I think this is part of what's happening, friend. <laughs> You're such a nice person, such a kind, <laughs> go with the flow kind of guy. I think maybe. Like you're giving off that nice guy vibe and they're I drawn said. to it. You know what I'm saying? Too welcoming. That's the <laughs> this that this vibe. People are like, let's next that guy. He looks friendly. Like I gotta, I gotta turn it up. I, I don't know. <laughs> I think that's I think that's what it is. I felt like I looked crazy yesterday too, because I told you I didn't have a haircut yet. My hair was looking like a, a madman. And I had a like a <laughs> I threw on like a in a dark, like a dirty hoodie, and I was like, oh, I look like crazy and i was like i'm going to see infinity pool it's fine there's like six people there i'll fit right in and like they still were like that guy let's sit next to him and it was just so like i want to put out there like someone needs to tell me what's going through their head to be like because most people would avoid that i, I i'm like but why would why yeah. somebody that's like i love sitting next to strangers at a theater just why why <laughs> so it was very weird i tried to that's i weird. made I, I thought about moving but i almost thought i got the vibe that she might have been like where you going like if I just took like it might be awkward to like leave because it's a very small theater. I can't get that far away from them. Um, <laughs> and like uh, I thought she might be like, what's up? You do good. Is it next to us? Like it just felt awkward to run away from them. So I was thinking of all these plans. I was like, maybe if you I were leave trapped, theater, I was I felt very trapped and I like that seat. I don't want to give it up. So I, I was if I leave for a second and then come back, I'll just pick a different seat. I, then I was like, you know what? This movie's really awkward and uncomfortable. This adds to the experience. That's what I told myself to make there you it go. Better. I was like, I'm uncomfortable. The movie's uncomfortable. Great. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's like when I went to see the last Scream movie and a, a group of teenagers came and sat right behind me. Mm. And and I was annoyed at first. And then it did heighten the experience. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that makes sense. Of my but... annoyance with the teenagers and then getting to watch teenagers be murdered. 
on the screen. So <laughs> like great. Uh that was my weird infinity pool uh time. Didn't ruin the movie. Might have might have heightened the movie. I don't know. Um I just <laughs> need someone to tell me what compels you to go into a very empty theater and go, let's sit right between two random people. <laughs> like Film Feast Twitter and Instagram. Let somebody know. Has to stop happening to me. I can't. It's like every movie I go to. It's like, why is this happening? Um, anyway, so that was fun. If any pulls good, um, I'm excited to hear your thoughts when you see it. Uh, so, um, the only other thing I'll talk about because that story took a lot of time uh, was uh, I we're doing. I'll tease this. I don't tease the episodes enough. I feel like I don't know what's happening most of the time. But next week, I'm very excited. We're doing a big episode. Me and Lindsay Wilkins from Shock and Awe. Our friend James Coddington, that Tony Scott guy on Twitter, although lately he's been that Spielberg guy. If you've, anyone has noticed, I feel like he's always posting clips of Spielberg movies. We're doing, I'm stealing an idea from Daniel because all my best ideas are stolen from Daniel <laughs> on Cop <laughs> Daniel has some great ideas. He does. The games, all this stuff. Um, You're giving him his, credit. I, with it, And with his permission, I asked him before I even did it. Um, we're doing, I feel like I'm on a Spielberg fever right now, and I do too. So we're doing a big Spielberg 24-hour marathon that we're making up nice. like daniel does the cobwebs marathon episodes that i've been a part of so we're doing that but with all spielberg movies it's like 34 of them to pick from so you got plenty of options yeah, plenty. so um so yeah we're all gonna have four picks and try to make a 24-hour marathon i already told them most of spielberg's movies go way over two hours but forget about it. let's just pretend so it's like it's two hour blocks but who cares um so I've been watching a lot of Spielberg movies to prep for this. And a lot of them I haven't seen because he has a lot of movies. Um, I still don't think I'm going to see all of them before the episode's recorded next week. But I'm going to do my best. But uh, I watched one I've been putting off for years because ever since I was a little kid, this has been known as the bad Spielberg movie. It's not Hook. It's 1941. <laughs> which... <laughs> Oh boy, I'm going to talk about this now. So I don't, because the Spielberg's thing will be a celebration, the big fun marathon we're going to plan. This yes. fake, I hope no one brings up 1941. I mean, listen, James Lindsay, if you're listening, uh, if you want to throw 1941, I can't stop you. I won't stop you. I I think this is my least favorite Spielberg movie that I've seen. Um, it's really bad. Like, but but again, like bad in a way that only a really good director could make a bad movie because there's still some really impressive filmmaking. Yes. But good God. I think it's the it's the material. It's like the same problem I have with Ready Player One. I think like Spielberg is is saddled with very bad material um in 1941 and the same thing ready player one no offense anyone likes that movie sorry i think mark likes it so, I, I know mark likes it sorry mark but i don't like ready player one i think this might i don't know it's a toss-up which one i like least 1941 or ready player one but uh <laughs> 1941 is a disaster like it is yeah. i <laughs> it's I, the, the okay I don't like to pit the generations against each other. I found kind of a tired thing of like boomers versus millennials and Gen Z versus, but, but this movie has big, bad boomer energy <laughs> that I don't <laughs> like. Like, yeah, this There's is a lot like, of that. Cause it's written by Bob Gale and Robert Zemeckis, um, who I, th I feel like the boomer energy works way better in back to the future, but it does not work in 1941. Like it's, it's just all kinds of problems from that level. Um, 
you know, I, I don't, it doesn't, oh God, I don't even know where to start. It's like, I, I, I feel like maybe they're trying to comment on, there was a American panic to the Japanese attack on Pearl Harbor, but it comes yes. across as pretty racist. I thought, yes. uh, even if that's what if they're trying to do a parody, it's not coming through. Um, I'm not getting the satire, but, uh, I mean the movie, it's supposed to be a comedy. I don't think I laughed once at anything like what <laughs> a no i know and I there's know, funny friends. people dan Aykroyd, james belushi no, the cast is that, insane that right there is a big part of the problem <laughs> is that you have these people that we know are so talented and so funny and the movie's not funny it's not no. to me anyway i i had never seen it or or a hat. I don't remember how this worked out. I don't know. Anyways, I think maybe I had seen it, but it had been so long or I'd seen pieces of it. I don't remember now. What I do know for certain is that about a year or two ago, for the love of John Belushi, <laughs> I participated in an episode of Moving the Needle podcast and we covered 1941. Oh, okay. And... Yeah, it's not good. <laughs> also, I think I said James Belushi. Yes, it's John Belushi. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's like, uh, he's like in his own movie for half the movie. He's like flying around that plane. Um, he's not used very effectively. You have John just, Belushi yeah. to use in a movie. <laughs> like, don't waste that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard. I think I heard him and Spielberg knock it along. Mm. Who, who could have figured uh they seem yeah. very different like one's like a party animal one's like a quiet nerdy guy like i get why they wouldn't get along but yeah i mean um, you know belushi wasn't an easy guy to work with because drugs right <laughs> yeah i mean I, the cast is crazy though the, the people just kept popping up that i recognize mm -hmm. i mean they got they have to share him a few names this movie it's yes like, it's like christopher lee it's like i and then yeah with based I, on the cast i think and if i remember correctly there's a little cameo there's a little small part for uh um my boyfriend <laughs> mickey rourke yeah he was in the like indb list i don't think i ever saw him i might have just yeah he him. makes a very brief it's like one of his first on-screen appearances oh okay ever in a movie yeah John Candy. I must be watching. He's in the movie, but yeah. he's not funny. He doesn't do anything. I'm like, oh, it was. No, I hear you. It's so frustrating. But then there's some amazing like miniature like model work. Yeah. Like, really, really great. And uh, some great Spielberg directing. There's like a shot of like Nancy Allen walking to a plane. That's like, you know, just a like classic shot of his mm -hmm. like so there's good stuff. That's a weird subplot, too. Nancy Allen has like a plane fetish. <laughs> and I think it's Tim <laughs> Matheson. Trying bizarre. to like have sex with her the entire movie. That's the whole his whole subplot is like trying to get her to a plane. That's the only place she'll have sex is on a plane. She, she won't like... be able to say no if it's right. a plane. It's... <laughs> it's weird. It feels like a script that was written by those two guys when they were like 15, like <laughs> and <laughs> never gone back through. Um it's crazy. Like, I mean, but it's like a spectacular failure. You're just like, wow, I can't believe. Yeah. He missed this bad. Um, Can't believe this happened. It's like I'm watching him light money on fire too, which I usually enjoy yeah. watching directors like light <laughs> money on fire. It's but totally, it's totally like that where you're just like just watch it go up in flames. <laughs> like impressive, impressive. They just waste all that money. But yeah, it's I was I thought I might actually like it. I thought it might be like a sneaky 
Because some people have that opinion where they're like, oh, sure, I like sure. it's so crazy. And I'm sure there's someone out there that does. Someone's very mad at me for all shit I talked about 1941. I'm sorry. But I'm, sorry. I'm sorry that we just shit talked your movie, but yeah, I just, I, yeah, I don't know. It was interesting, but it, I did not like it. So, yeah. Have I um, seen worse films? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. <laughs> there's a good John Williams score, too. There's like a good, yeah. No, there's um, a lot of elements, like all of those elements put together, you would expect. Yeah. And maybe that's part of the problem. <laughs> that's the problem. That... I, I think it really goes back to that script. And the material, because yeah. I think like, yeah, all the pieces like technically it's pretty well made. Like mm -hmm. there's too much going on. There's like 10 subplots happening. Yeah. And nothing's it's a comedy. It's not funny. Like I, it's already one that finds it funny. I just like did not. And there's I, there's crazy stuff happening. Like, there's a whole like thing at the end, like a house, a whole house just like leaves yes. foundation and like floats away, which is cool. I mean, there's stuff like that where it's these huge it demolish things. They and then they blow up these models and miniatures and like. But it's just like, I don't know. The rest of it is it's such a mess. But that probably won't come up. That won't be on my list for uh, Spielberg picks next week. Well, you can check it off now. You've seen it. I've seen it. I you already gave owned it. It's day in court. I had this Spielberg box set. It was like the only thing I hadn't seen oh, in there. And I was yeah, like, well, see? better watch that. And then, yeah. <laughs> so, you never have to watch it again if you don't want to. It's true. I probably won't. So <laughs> I probably will not. Um <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that's all I really had because everything else is either not we're talking about or it's more Spielberg movies. So I'll save that for next week. So, um, well, I look forward to hearing that episode. That's going to be it should be fun. I'm really excited really about good. it. Um, so yeah, we talked about Natalie Portman last week, Garden State episode. Yeah, I was listening to your Garden State episode and I was like, is this is this going to turn into the month of Natalie Portman? <laughs> if I'd that? planned better, yeah, but no, I didn't plan that well. So it's two weeks of Natalie Portman. <laughs> the two weeks of Portman. Uh, so um, now we're a very different Natalie Portman role in Black Swan. Okay, wait. And before we go on, okay. I want to say I was really enjoying the Garden State episode that you did with um, you. <laughs> Anthony King. And I, I was going to ask you, you're really going to leave that smooth my balls money laying on the table? <laughs> oh, no. This can't be a thing. Everyone's going to bring it for a week like that. You're not taking the smooth my balls money? <laughs> I, I there's no I don't think any money to be had from that company. I don't think they're real. I actually went to go back and check on them a few weeks ago and because someone brought it up and I don't think they have any more social media. The pages are gone, I'm pretty sure. I can check right now, actually, why we're this is gonna be a live check-in on smooth <laughs> my boss. <laughs> how are they up? How are they doing? Um oh, wait. Are they still there? <laughs> huh. I mean, at this point, after you ignored them i mean they might not want to sponsor you anymore they don't look like they have an instagram anymore uh well yeah this all seems you. very shady they still have a website is that still like nope failed to load the website's gone. <laughs> okay. okay 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 so no one has to bring it up anymore because it's not legit and <laughs> or it was and they spent all their money on marketing and went out of business <laughs> it didn't work could be could be but they're not there anymore I'm glad it. I probably would have given them like bank account information. They would have <laughs> robbed me or something. Um, oops, I'm bankrupt. Um, but <laughs> yeah, it all seemed kind of shady. But uh, <laughs> at this point, I'm like, listen, if anyone want to pay me for the podcast, I may take it. <laughs> like, what do I have to promote? What do you guys need me to promote? That's not too too awful or anything. <laughs> so, oh, but. <laughs> 
but yeah, I really that money on the table now. It's not an option. It's gone. So no, it's not an option. It's gone. Oh well. Um, <laughs> but yes, Black Swan. <laughs> um, a movie I've only seen once until today. So this yeah. is your second time. Only my second time watching it. I but I remembered so much of it. Um, I saw it in the theater when it came out uh, mm. in a packed theater. Um, we're gonna talk about what this movie did in a little bit because. It did very well. I was I was shocked when I looked back. Um, I I remembered almost everything. I will tell you, my biggest shock was realizing Winona Ryder was in the movie because I completely forgot about that whole thing. <laughs> I was like, oh shit, it's Winona Ryder. Um, because I kind of forgot that like around this time she wasn't working as much. She died the Stranger Things yeah. come back yet. Um, she'd been in the Star Trek movie the year before as Spock's mom, <laughs> and I think before that she really wasn't doing much. I think she was trying to rebound after the whole shoplifting incident the shoplifting incident yeah yeah um and yeah i completely forgot she was in this that was the only thing i remember being like shocked by like i just she like blinked out and i forgot how like how much money this movie made and how many oscar nominations it got i and natalie portman won the oscar am i right i don't recall okay See, I it was like I'm pretty sure I read that, and I was like, "Wait, what?" Like, I I, I pay so little attention. I, I know. To the I think Oscars. this came up I, recently, I but um, yeah, uh, Oscar winner Natalie Portman leading role. I no idea. <laughs> like, I mean, I, I I say she earned it. I yes, I was going to ask you. Uh, I feel like I I would I was watching like yeah, Oscar deserved because she and I read what she put herself through for this movie. Um, Holy shit. And how long it took to get made. And she was like paying her own money to um, take ballet lessons, I believe, and train like she was committed. So, yeah, glad she got the Oscar. I just had no memory of her winning the Oscar for this. Like, I think she won for Jackie a few years later or a few years ago. I mean, like, again, you don't compare attention to the Oscars, but it's like uh, I think she, so. That, I remember that one, but I didn't remember Black Swan. Black Swan seems a little almost too weird for the Oscars. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, yeah. It is a little, I'm, I'm a little kind of impressed. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was kind of proud of them for a change. Like when they do something out of the box, I'm like, Oh, good job. Oscars. Like you didn't play it so safe this time. Although every now and again, you know, I will tell you what black Swan, it was up for best picture too, which I forgot. And this was the year when a bunch of good movies lost to Hang on. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I believe the King's Speech. <laughs> uh. So like this and like Social Network and something else and like a bunch of good, interesting movies all lost to King's Speech. Uh, sorry, King's Speech. But yeah. um, not to. Wow. Yeah. Inception. The Social Network. True Grit. Toy Story 3, uh, Black Swan. It was stacked. Yeah, 127 Hours. I still haven't seen The Fighter with Mark Wahlberg. Winter's Bone. I remember that one. Um, and King's Speech 1. That fall. <laughs> like, can, you, uh, can you wrap your mind around how long ago 2010 was? No, I don't like to. I don't like to think about how long ago that was. It's too long ago. It's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's a, a whole teenager ago now. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> That's one way to look at it. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Like, if you'd ask me, like, that's 10 years ago, right? I'm like, no, 13. Shit. Okay. Well, like, oh, doesn't feel that long ago. I know. But here we are. (laughs) 
talk about this movie that's 13 years old. Um, uh. <laughs> so I, I should go to you. I feel like you have a lot to say about this. I So I, you saw this like right when it came out? Were you on board right away? Um, I didn't see this in the theater. I uh, I ended up renting it down the line. Well, and it was such because it got, you know, awards buzz. And, you know, and Aronofsky, his work tends to get people's attention. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I and I liked and had seen, you know, some of his earlier work. So like it was kind of on my radar, but I don't think I went to see it right away. And I ended up renting it. And it was like it became like one of those like pop culture references, the whole black swan thing. Mm-hmm. Like we almost used it like a noun or like <laughs> or like a verb, you know what I mean? Like we almost use like a verb or like an adjective, not a noun. It's a noun. Um, you know, you got black swaned, that kind of thing. <laughs> um, so uh, I mean, I love this movie. And the first time I saw it, I was just so into all of the visual things that were happening and and picking up on some of the some of the themes and the through lines with every subsequent viewing it's like i go deeper and deeper into it and i mean i live for that shit <laughs> mm-hmm. the movies where you can like really, really? go down the yeah. rabbit hole and and this one is great for that and i you know i just think it's I mean, I think it's a perfect movie. Oh wow, I really perfect do. Perfect movie. Okay, I, I really, really like it. I don't. I don't love it as much as you do, but I really, really like That's it. Okay, but I. Okay, I know you thought it's a perfect movie. Okay, this. No yeah, wonder you're so excited. I really do. So. I really okay. do. And rewatching it today. Yeah, I was just like, man, I can't think of one thing that I would change about this movie. <laughs> Not one thing. And the yeah, the funny thing is, like, I say I really like it. I didn't give it five stars. I don't even know what I would necessarily criticize because I, I did really enjoy watching it again. I it really must have stuck with me because again, I only saw it that one time in the theater in 2010 at a packed showing. By the way, I remember mm. walking into this, and I, we were it, this before you were like everyone was like reserve your seats, and we were shocked at how packed it was, and we had to sit up in the front. Like, which I never have to do. <laughs> I was like, wow. And it was a big theater, too. It wasn't a tiny theater. So it's like actually the same theater I just saw Infinity Pool at, funny enough, um, all those years later. But it was packed. Like, and this is a weird fucking movie to have yeah. a packed AMC. And okay, I, I was going to do this later, but do you know how much money this movie made? No, how much? It's $300 million worldwide. It made $100 million domestically. That's insane. They cleaned up. <laughs> yeah, and they and the funny thing was, I was reading they could barely get money to fund it in the first place, and then it killed it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> psychological horror movie centered around ballet. <laughs> it's a hard sell. Yeah, it's a you know I could see where that people may be going. Mm, I don't know. Yeah, I think I read he wanted like thirty or twenty five, thirty million dollars. Only got like thirteen. They had to scrounge up thirteen. Uh, it's not they really scrounge up 13 too. Like there's like stories about Natalie Portman on the set. Like she got hurt 
and like called for a medic and they couldn't afford a medic. So there was no medic. So they were, she was like, medic? And it's like, there's no medic coming. We don't have one. And then to get like a, for, I think it was to get like a physical therapist because she was getting these injuries. Like she, poor Natalie Portman was getting hurt a lot in this movie. Um, they had to literally like, I think Natalie Portman said, you can get rid of my trailer to cut money and bring a physical therapist in. And, and sure enough, next day, trailer was gone. <laughs> they were yeah, like, I would rather oh. have the physical therapist than the, the yeah, private trailer. That's true. And her physical therapist is in the movie. There's that one quick scene where she's like feeling Natalie Portman's like nice. her rib area. They yeah. they just filmed one of her things. But yeah, they were like cutting costs left and right um, and saving, like getting the money together for this. And uh, and then it made that much money. Like I remember someone posted on Twitter not too long ago. They were like, guys, would you believe I told you that a movie like Black Swan made a hundred million dollars. And I said, no, I wouldn't believe that. Uh, not because it's not good, just because it's like, it's weird. And it's uh, out there, ballet, like you said, it's like. Sure. Well, and and I mean, here's the thing too. We're now living 13 years later where <laughs> it's it's hard for any film to break in the box office yeah like an original yeah no matter film. how prestigious the director no matter how stacked the cast is at this point it, it that seems unimaginable <laughs> right yeah yeah nobody's bringing in that kind of money aside yeah, of like she, the big franchises right like it's been talk lately like oh the oscar movies aren't drawing the same business they used to like i think the fablemans this new spielberg movie was having a tough time west side story same thing last year the year before like not bringing in the money like they thought it would like black swan doing that is pretty incredible although if i remember right i've got to watch a trailer i feel like the trailer for black swan kind of sold you more of a straight horror movie mm. if I, and i feel like people showed up thinking they were getting like a very straightforward kind of psychological horror movie which it is but it's like it's a little slower it's artsy artsy more nuanced than that like uh you know um but yeah i think it might have been sold a little bit more like that so but then i get there and it's like a little weirder and like um yeah i remember there were some awkward moments in the screening that i went to like <laughs> when i was re-watching this because when you asked me i was just like oh yeah that's gonna be a really fun conversation and i wasn't thinking of individual scenes and then when i was re-watching this i was like oh this is the part of our conversation where matt's gonna blush <laughs> This is the part of conversation where I'm going to be really blunt about some things and, <laughs> and poor Matt is just going to have to deal with it. Yeah, I was I meant to message like Hayden and be like, I think I'm going to have to go in the pig pen on this one, guys. I don't know. <laughs> it was like, I'm going to have to like really talk around. You heard me and Preston talk about, we we're talking inside man trying to talk about uh, like breast size or something and we were like oh the cup size and the beer we should have said like they were looking for like the big boobs like we should have said like we kept dancing around it which made it more awkward it's like we sound like more like creeps we didn't just say it. so we yeah, try to be more straightforward movie about dance <laughs> but we're not going to dance around these subjects there you go i mean today. i talked about crash i feel like everything else should be exactly this is easy. what i'm saying <laughs> Okay. At this point, I, I, well, one of those awkward scenes uh, in a theater, especially, was the scene where Natalie Portman, um, I guess, wakes up. I think she's in her bed and starts masturbating, and <laughs> and people like, okay, so it's happening, and then like she realizes her mom is like in the room but asleep, and then she like yeah. freaks out and stops. And I remember people like lost as you in would. The theater. 
yeah, as you would. I mean, that's the right response is to stop. So she like freaked out. Everybody laughed really hard at the theater. I remember that like got like a real like, oh shit, like that's so weird. Like when they, the moment they cut to her mom, everyone's like, oh, like everyone's so freaked out. <laughs> like they're like, oh god. I think everyone could imagine like, oh god, what if that situation? Her so mom awkward. freaks me out. Barbara Hirsch, yeah, she the mom is. Lena's mom scary. freaks me out. The there's some crazy stuff going on there. I like how they. You clearly know, like, she has done some stuff to Natalie Portman's character, like, just from mental standpoint of messing, like, so rigid. Yeah. One of those parents, like, kept the, you know, the lock and key and just, like, and then the crazy starts to reveal itself. That little scene where she buys her a cake. Natalie Portman's like, I don't, I can't eat the cake. She's like, well, fine. Ooh, and just throws it away, you know, little stuff like that where you're like, yeah. oh, yeah, <laughs> not good. Helping your adult child undress to the point of removing their the stud earrings in their ears. Clipping your uh, adult child's fingernails for them. Does your mom is, not do that for you or no? It's <laughs> beyond the pale. I'm, so, I'm sorry. That is beyond the pale. Like the stuff with the mom almost creeps me out more than anything else in this film. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's creepy when you really stop and think about it. It's like, yeah, it's a weird relationship. And it's like, it's, she should have cut the cord a long time ago. It's all wrong. So, yeah. And no wonder, <laughs> no wonder poor little Nina is like ready to lose her mind. Because who wouldn't in that environment? Right. I'm just She's saying. So locked down and so babied by her mom. Like, I, I knew people when I was younger who were like, their parents so over, overbearing. Uh, I don't know if I told the story for. I lived across from a girl in my old neighborhood whose parents were just like they were very uh, like traditional, and she went to church. And like the minute she was very locked down, couldn't do anything. The minute she turned eighteen, she went fucking nuts. Like she went like immediately dyed her hair like blue or something. Like snuck out of the house. I remember one time. Cause I used to like, we used to ride to school together. She lived across the street. And one time she just called me and was like, Hey, can I get a ride? And then she came out and her mom came out of this house, just yelling at her. And she was like, just drive. And I was like, what am I doing? <laughs> I was like, what, what am I taking you? She's like, she's like, my mom threw me out of the house. Cause I don't know what happened, but I had to like take her to her friend's house to stay. It was like the, but like the minute she like had agency, cause she'd been locked down so tight. It was like, she just unwound and went crazy. It was like all the crazy had built up. And she's like, I'm going to go do part. I'm going to go party and blah, blah, blah. And like, I always think of the opposite. Cause my mom was like, not too strict, not too loose. There was like some rules, but it was never balance. It was very balanced. I never felt the urge to like go nuts at any point. So I always think of my neighbor as an example of like, what happens when you keep your kid too locked down and mm -hmm. like the minute they get an ounce of freedom, they're going to go nuts. It's like, mm -hmm. so that's what I was thinking of Natalie Portman. It's like, they have a scene, like she's like a teenager when she wants to go out Mila Kunis and she, her mom's like, you shouldn't go. And then she's like, you can't stop me. You know, it's, it's like, a, you can't stop me mom type situation. And Except yeah, you're a grown person. A grown woman. No one should be able to stop you. <laughs> yeah, it's no, like, no one can stop you. Well, and, and that's, I mean, one of the things that I love about this movie, because it plays right into one of the things I love about dissecting films is like trying to get in the heads of the characters. I love this psychological stuff. And this movie is like the ballet of it all is really just a vehicle 
to explore like all this psychological stuff that, you know, you could set this story in a, in a different place with people who are involved in a different industry or vocation. It doesn't have to be ballet. Right. Ballet works really well. Cause then you can tie in the whole, it's a, you know, it's, you can do the blacks, you can do the Swan Lake thing. Hmm. And it's something very recognizable. Like we all recognize that ballet, like the dualism of like, it's, it's art, but it's also athletics. There's mm -hmm. discipline, but it also has to be creative. Like it's so strict to, to be an athlete at that level, to perform at that level, have to be really strict with your exercise regimen and your food intake and you know, all, and all the grace and beauty that's involved. So it's a great vehicle for that, but it mm -hmm. wouldn't have to necessarily be like nothing that's happening here psychologically necessarily exclusive to professional dancers. There's, um, there's this concept in analytical psychology, the shadow. Have you heard oh. of this? The shadow self? Possibly. Keep going. <laughs> I, okay. I think. It's like all over this movie. I love it. <laughs> So the idea of the shadow is that it's this, um, and I'll just say I'm not a psychologist <laughs> or an expert, but from my understanding, the shadow is like, it's, it's this, it's an aspect, it's an unconscious aspect of your personality, your psyche that gets repressed or denied because it doesn't match up with what, how you want to be. It's like, it doesn't meet your ego's ideal. So like an example from the movie, like Nina wants to be precise and technically the best at what she does and get every single move right. And she wants to be disciplined this I, this very rigid, narrow idea of perfection that she set up. And so she's like completely repressed any part of her that can just do things for joy and be kind of spontaneous. Mm -hmm. She is so rigid with herself about the discipline of being perfect and doing everything right. She can't get out of her head anymore. She's completely like blocked that ability. And so like when when Vincent Cassell's character, Thomas, the, <laughs> the director, gives her the homework assignment to go home and masturbate, like she can't she can't climax. That part of herself, the part that can let go and just experience sensation and be free is so repressed. It's like so blocked up. It's and it's it's all through this movie and she sees those dark versions of herself because it's it's like she's splintered oh. mm -hmm. that part of her psyche. She doesn't want to be those things because they would mess with her ideal. But just because you repress something doesn't mean you don't have it and doesn't mean it's not going to have to express itself. So it's like all of this repressed stuff that then mm -hmm. has to come out because just because you repress it doesn't mean that it's gone. <laughs> and 
I mean, there's this movie is so juicy with all of that stuff. <laughs> it was very well said. Good, good setting us up there. That was I good hope that, that made any shred of sense. I, no, it made a lot of sense. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, her character's like wound up so tight. I feel like she's headed toward a psychotic break, which she comes to with this movie. I think to say, like, again, not a psychologist. I'm going to use the right terms, but you know, we're it's like a lot of things I'm going to say may not be right, but like a breaking point, basically. Like, she's been. Yeah like locked down so much and yeah she's like a machine like it's like yes. clock like everything she does is very like she just does dance and like has to be the best um I, doesn't even really interact with people i was watching a couple of videos after the movie just to kind of like think more about themes and get, get things i may have missed and like how people point out that she's never really with anybody there's like one scene where she's sitting way down the hallway from the other dancers like yes she's very isolated in that way like and she's um, not just sitting there because, yeah, you can see the the other dancers in the background are sitting together and they're just talking. Mm -hmm. like They're just having a conversation. She's sitting away from everyone and she's not just sitting. She's stretching and she's practicing her arm movements. Oh, like yeah, she yeah. can't stop training. <laughs> she can't stop preparing. Mm -hmm. she, her, her level of discipline that she thinks she needs to have to reach this ideal per perfection to be the best means that like she never takes a break. She never stops. It's all to further this goal. Which also back to her mom, I think is definitely the mom, a part of that too. Never really yeah. letting up. Yeah. Uh, even now I'm thinking too, this is because you brought this up that like how it never really stops for her. She tries to have a night out with Mila Kunis and they're running these two guys. One of who's Sebastian Stan, who I had no idea who he was in 2010. I was like, oh shit, it's Winter Soldier. Uh, like, uh, <laughs> it's like, and she tries to invite them to ballet, I think, Natalie Portman does, and everyone's not really into it. But I think that's all, her one track mind is like, yeah, all about the ballet. That's the only thing she has in her life. <laughs> right, nothing else to talk about. Like, nothing else. She's like, come see the ballet, because I'm not doing yeah. anything else. Like, but she's, a, yeah. she's obsessed, mm -hmm. but her life lacks passion. Yeah. Because there's a difference. <laughs> It's like she has this, she's compulsive about the way that she approaches the work. And she's obsessed. Like the ballet is her life. But like nothing in her life involves passion, joy, like nothing. It's so miserable. She's miserable. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, this is good stuff. I was like, you're making me think as we're talking, like, oh shit, I think I'm this. And I, I like what you said earlier about it, that it's, it could be anything. Like, it could be some other sport someone's obsessed with or the acting. But like, the fact that it's dance combines, and they keep, this keeps up in the movie is like, yes, you need to be precise and do your moves, but you also need to like let it go a little bit and just kind of feel it because mm -hmm. it's dance, it's art. And Vincent Cassell keeps saying that to her. It's repeated a lot in the movie. Basically, it's like you gotta loosen up, you gotta feel some passion, and she's like incapable of doing that. Which sees me, Lacunas come in, who she's she can do that very easily, is good at that, yeah. is so much like looser. It's like that she embodies that all of those things that Nina has repressed in herself. Yes, <laughs> and it it makes her a threat. Yes, yes, it, for yeah, and I, <laughs> a friend of mine, we saw this way back when. He floated this theory out. We left the movie. Uh, he often thought of himself as a, uh, I feel like a, a real deep thinker. He go. He he told all of us like, you know what? I don't think Mila Kunis was real. We were like, 
what? <laughs> like people talk to her. We see, we see her. I mean, I, I, maybe I, this time I was like, no, Mila Kunis is a, no, she's real. She's real. She's a person yeah. in the movie. But Natalie Portman is like projecting onto her, seeing her like, yes. he just floated out there. And I feel like at the time we were like, oh, wow, man. Yeah. But now I'm like, that's bullshit. She's just like, what are we talking yeah, about? No, she's real. She is a real character. Now there are, as we get, as we get further along in Nina's downward spiral and her transformation into the black swan, there are scenes where Lily is not there. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But she's very, she, I mean, she's very much a real character. <laughs> yes. I, mean, yeah. I was like, there's whole scenes where you watch her interact with other people who aren't Allie Portman. Like, and it's, you know, it'd be crazy. Yeah. yeah. So I just thought it was funny. I was thinking about that day. I was like, I can't believe he, because I hadn't seen it since then. And I thought there was something to it. This sounds like there's nothing to that theory. Like, that theory does not hold any water <laughs> at all. Um, it was like, yeah, I guess he was trying to just be like, oh, this is going to blow your mind, guys. Like, no, she's a person. And yeah, I the whole thing. Now, one thing that maybe got people in the theaters, I just threw my, my head earbuds, uh, <laughs> that I know was like con- or not a controversial, a hot topic was the Mila uh-huh. Kunis, Natalie Portman uh, sex scene, which was right? like talk of the town, which even that he subverts that because it gets a little scary. <laughs> and it's and it's Natalie Portman because Mila Kunis is not there because right. then the next day she's like, no, I was with some guy. And Correct. Natalie Portman's like, uh, what? So is that supposed to be? And you tell me the first time, because I think that scene comes after the scene when Natalie Portman's uh, like masturbating her mom's in the room. So is that supposed to be the time she successfully like can get off? Is that what's going on? Could be. I mean, you know, we have to remember she's been drinking and doing drugs, I think. So. And she took, I think it was ecstasy. So, oh yeah. Yeah. So she's inebriated, but also, I mean, here's the thing, dude. Oh my God. I'm going to sound like a crazy <laughs> person on this podcast. Uh, and maybe that's what people I do it every week. Tune in for. <laughs> like this whole idea of the shadow, mm-hmm. like one of the ways that Carl Jung, one of the pioneers of this idea of the oh, shadow, uh-huh. the idea of like, like shadow work involving dreams, like dreams is one way that you tap into the subconscious. And that's one place that you can encounter your shadow self is in dreams. Oh, mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if that's what's going on here, but in any case, I think she goes home alone. I think that's the point where it diverges when she leaves the club Mm -hmm. alone. Like she comes to (laughs) mid make out with some rando guy in a bathroom and splits. And I think that's the point where it diverges and, and she goes home alone. And you can see, actually, like, the way that her mother interacts with her when she comes home, not acknowledging another person there. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. I think that was weird that it's like she takes Mila Kunis, air quotes, to her room and then her mom doesn't acknowledge that at all. So that, yeah. Right, because yeah, she's not there. He's not there, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, I think maybe, maybe it's she's having... Uh, a wet dream, like Lily says to her the next day. <laughs> and And maybe she... Maybe she was able to successfully climax. Maybe, maybe it's the symbolic thing where she's like, she's coming to that place where she, because she needs it for the role, 
everything that Lily represents, inhibition, passion, sensuality, um, you know, being able to take risks and be mm -hmm. spontaneous. Like she's at that point where she wants to start incorporating that. And so it's like, she's working it out in this dream. And she's like, she's like literally <laughs> like merging with those qualities uh, mm -hmm. by having sex with her. Well, that's a good theory that's a good okay that's a good theory <laughs> it makes sense um also i was gonna say i feel like uh you know natalie portman gets all the attention which she deserves it she won the oscar it, she's great in this like uh mila kunis really good in this yes and usually stuck in like kind of eh, comedies like and she's funny i mean she's a funny of it like i was like man i wish i'd seen her do more stuff it was kind of more serious like this even more though it's dramatic, funny dramatic yeah more dramatic yeah even though she has like the fun role i would say like she's kind of funny like and She's like perfect for what that character is supposed to be, like this kind of fun, like free spirited, free spirited. Yeah, like kind of reminds me of like her character in Peter Sarah Marshall, where it's like because she goes there and Jay Siegel like meets her and she's like this fun, free spirit type person, which he needs. Um, and yeah, and this it's like she's so good at playing that. I was just I was like, oh, she's really good at this. Like I wish she had done more out of the box stuff. Like, yeah. um. Plus, I had like the biggest crush on her for the longest time, so that helps too. But understandable. Uh, uh, but yeah, you know, a beautiful uh, woman. <laughs> um, and, yeah, she's really good. Barbara Hershey was really good this time. I was uh, recognizing her as uh, Natalie Portman's mom. And... Yeah, no, she was great, and that's part of why the mom character creeps me out so much. <laughs> well, it's like she's on very, the she's very she's holding it together, but I feel like she's on the verge of really going crazy is what it feels like. Like she's like right mm -hmm. there from having a breakdown. <laughs> it's like, you're like, Oh, this lady's like a little unhinged. Like I'm a little freaked out. By her. <laughs> um, but yeah, Nellie Portman is, she's doing so much this movie. I was going to get like, like I, so many, so many things she's doing. Oh yeah. <laughs> she's like right from the start. She's like, it always looks like she's coming out of her skin. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like she always looks massively uncomfortable yes yeah <laughs> and you can just see how anxious she is <laughs> and and then you also get the extremes of the moments where she's like breaking down upset when she doesn't think she did well at the audition when uh she thinks that she was not able to successfully convince Toma that she should get the part when she comes to see him the next day, which we'll have to talk about Cassell and his whole situation. Yeah, yeah. I got I have some like you know, thoughts. moments where she's just like, yeah. she is so sad, like she looks heartbroken. All of the swings of emotion that she's experiencing. Natalie Portman is spot on. And she's doing this thing where she's kind of acting like a little girl almost like her yeah. voice i was i saw something where it was like uh directors had tried to get her to like sound more adult because she kind of had like this kind of higher childlike higher voice. register she, voice and she had to bring it back for this like because she does have this very like you know like kid like she's like a little kid but she's like a woman in her mid to late 20s i think she's supposed to be but i think at one point she's like 
you know, just when she talks to her mom, and she's like crying, like mommy, like it just sounds like a little kid mm -hmm. who's, you know, crying for their mom. And it's like, she's very like, yeah, like mentally immature, I feel like, you know, because she's been right, so stunted, stunted. Yes. By her she's mom. She's got this like, arrested development kind of thing. Yeah. Going on. But then she has to do the big swings to like being scary and intense, especially at the end of the yeah. movie. Um, well, and when she when they have the the big performance, it really struck me this last time I watched it. When when she gives in and becomes the black swan and mm -hmm. then has to go out and do the black swan dance sequence, like her whole physical presence changes and the way she carries her body is completely different. It's just like, yes, she's the black swan now. It's like, it's like, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it's a great like physical performance, a great acting performance. Mm -hmm. Like I was really even more impressed. Than I remember it was like, man, she's really good in this. Um, yeah. I, yeah. Do you want to talk about Vincent Cassell? <laughs> let's talk about, I, let's talk listen. about Vincent Cassell as Toma. <laughs> I, this man is like the French Michael Douglas because every time I see in a movie, I'm like, he's trying to have sex with somebody. This man is like, ever. But you he, believe it. But oh, you I do believe. believe it, oh, I believe it. Yeah. When he's just not like when you see, with... just like when you see Michael Douglas and you're like, if I saw like just some random guy on the street that looked like Michael Douglas, I would just not even think twice. But when they cast Michael Douglas in these roles, you're like, yeah, that guy fucks. <laughs> it's not like this guy fucks. Like that guy. And Vincent Cassell. Same thing. And it's just the minute he comes, makes his entrance, you're just like charm and schmarm. <laughs> like he's smarmy, he's charming. This guy is going to have some serious <laughs> big dick energy. He's going to abuse his power. Right. Like all of that comes through just from the casting alone. <laughs> and he delivers. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 He, j I just see it. He's not trying to have sex with one. I'm like, what's going on? Are you sick? Like, I feel like he's, <laughs> it's, it's weird to cat. So, I mean, this, this role perfectly because, yeah, he's just trying to like, there's so much the sexuality. He's trying to bring Ad Natalie Portman and uh, all this stuff. And yeah, I'm like, you know. <laughs> okay. Big red flag. <laughs> <laughs> If someone you're working under says to you, I don't want there to be any boundaries between us. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's not good. Run for your life. <laughs> this is not healthy or safe. Just saying. <laughs> this is a red flag. Yeah. Yeah. That Luckily, I've never had, I don't think that would happen at most, most jobs, but. Uh... I would hope not. I'm just saying. I mean, really? Not even pr just professionally, even personally. Someone oh, says, I want there yeah. to be no boundaries between us. Like maybe a couple boundaries. Come on. No, <laughs> yeah, you got to have a couple boundaries. At, at the least. And yeah. then he goes on to ask her about her sex life and her sexual oh, yeah. experience. And then <laughs> to tell her that she needs to go home and masturbate, which I get why. Yeah. Artistically, like I get, I get why that would put you in the headspace. Because in order to orgasm, whether you're alone or with somebody else, it requires you to abandon yourself and let go. So yeah, it's good advice. I just <laughs> don't think it was appropriate for him to be giving her that advice. I'm just saying. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I finished my thought earlier. And you just reminded me that I said, no. you said earlier that it could be, it could be in some other realm of something, but this, 
is I might already said it, sorry, but it was like the yeah. the whole idea of it being art and athletic uh -huh. is is like most other things you don't need to like let yourself go. Like even it's like, hey, right. you're a basketball player, like they might say, like, hey, loosen up, you're a little stiff, but they don't you don't need to like, I don't know, feel like, be like yes. feel the court like I, maybe i maybe they would but i i just feel like this is a different level of like the whole idea of her having to like really get to a different side of herself so it's not just the athletic part which she has down like she does all the moves yeah. she's very well trained um but the whole idea of like you've got to like dance more like you're feeling it than just dancing like you're just doing it um don't have finished that thought earlier i just realized <laughs> but the vincent Cassell thing yeah when he's like giving all these insane directions like uh you know go home and masturbate or like have you had sex oh do you think she's a virgin i think she is right i think she's totally a virgin okay. yeah yeah <laughs> i think she i think she i think she was uncomfortable with the question and didn't want to oh well who wouldn't be i mean like, like, even if you weren't it'd be like why are you asking me this? but right well um, and she is so she is so in awe of him and wants to impress him that like she's not she's not going to admit it if she if she's a virgin right right <laughs> but again her being because like, of yeah. the, the professional implications because mm -hmm. he's counting on her to be able to tap into that energy um yeah yeah, yeah. and <laughs> The She's scene, very uncomfortable. Yeah, in that scene. Yeah. The scene where he's trying to help her and they send everybody home. Mm -hmm. And he uh, he tells the other, the male dancer, would you fuck this girl? And then he sends them home so that he can work with her one-on-one. -on -one. Like that scene is like really intense. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, there's Vincent Cassell. Yeah. <laughs> right. And again, it's like, okay, I get what you're getting at. Mm -hmm. this is wildly inappropriate <laughs> and i mean basically sexual assault uh, yeah but it, it really is sexual harassment uh, yes yeah yeah if this play had an hr portion he'd be done but i don't think they, right <laughs> i don't right. think the ballet studio has hr but uh he's doing whatever he wants yeah that, yeah he, oh, I mean, he, can, he can do whatever he wants funny note i didn't I didn't know before that whole the guy that Vince Cassell asks, uh -huh. would you fuck her? The answer is her the guy that she ended up marrying. Natalie oh. Portman ended up marrying that guy. So he's the answer is yes. Yes. She said something in an interview like he's a good actor. You know, it was like we had to lie. <laughs> uh, um, and they're still married. I think they have a couple kids. Um, oh, congratulations yeah. to them. <laughs> so he was like, that's I guess, lovely. one of the choreographers who also acted in the movie. But I read that. I thought it was funny that that's the guy who he's like, would you fuck her? He's like. I don't think he says no. He just kind of doesn't, he doesn't say, yeah. say no. He doesn't say anything. He kind of has a look on his look face. Like, mm. <laughs> He's like, eh. Um, but yeah, they got married. I think that was a nice, uh, it all turned out for the best. Like she met her, won an Oscar, met her husband. This movie went great for her. Um, yeah. Besides all the injuries uh, that she accrued was like a concussion. Okay. Uh, oh God. Are you going to bring up what I think? <laughs> no, I was going to say okay. like, uh, you know, I don't know much about ballet. I love I love the music, mm -hmm. um, and you know listen to some of that stuff on occasion, like background music when you're working or something. I've never I've never had the means <laughs> to go and see the ballet, but I think it's beautiful. 
I enjoy dancing, but I've never had the discipline or the body type to do professional dance. But I can just imagine. <laughs> I, this one time, I was, I was trying to get healthier. So I was trying, I was trying to try to exercise. And because I love dancing, I was like, maybe one of these dance fitness videos, maybe that's the ticket. So I could trick myself into thinking that I'm, <laughs> I'm just dancing and not exercising. Uh -huh. <laughs> but I made the mistake of trying. It was, it was like a ballet themed one that oh. involved all these ballet stretches. 10 minutes. I thought I was going to die. <laughs> Oh, it was, yeah. it was so gnarly. And that was like my little sad, like ballet video for the masses kind of thing. I can't even imagine what these people, what their life is like. It's, it sounds brutal. I don't know about it either, but I hear about it spoken in the terms of like, kind of like what happens to gymnasts. I feel like you hear about sure. the, the, especially it feels like you're more the female gymnast, the male gymnast, but like the female gymnast. Like they just seem like they're in pain a lot after they're done. Like they just, their bodies get brutalized and like the ballet, I think it's the feet get fucked up, which I think they do show yes. in this, that they, when they show that toenail cracked, I like, I saw it like <laughs> twice today. Cause it was in the video. I, I, each time I was like, ah, like I like audibly like screamed and like, Oh my God, there's like these little injuries in black swan hurt me so much more than like an arm getting chopped off. Like, Oh, um, all the times she's like pulling her cuticles that ooh, ripping yep, the hate skin. It. I've never forgotten that. Hated that. <laughs> like, Don't, don't care for that. Uh, <laughs> it, that stuff kills me. That stuff like kills me. I'm like, I, it, it's like, Oh, I just like wince. I'm just like, ah, um, but yeah, I don't like Toshis are frightening. See, I was relieved that it was just the toenail crack. Cause like, at, I remember the first time I saw, it, I wasn't sure. I thought maybe she had like sprained her ankle or broken her ankle mm -hmm. just cause the way she fell. And I don't know if you've ever broken an ankle. Luckily I have not. I heard it's, it's a nightmare. Really sucks. So, <laughs> so when I saw that it was just the toenail, I was like, whoo, okay. I'd rather It'll she broke fine. the ankle. <laughs> it's like, it hurt. Oh, but that... those toe shoes are gnarly, dude. It's like wood in there. Oh yeah. It's that's, I feel like their feet get so fucked up. Their feet are just jacked up for yeah. life. Like it yeah. seems very hard. The stretching they have to do, like the, the, I don't know what you would call them. The, the, like the moves like, hold them. Like it mm -hmm. seems extremely difficult and like, yes, it seems brutal. And like they, I mean, they don't even do it that long. I feel like most ballerinas re would retire by like the age of 30 or, you know, that, that. Yeah. Well, and that's one of the themes that comes up here with right. Winona Ryder's yeah. character, Beth. You know, that she's aged out now. Well, how, they say she's like 35 and that's it. They and didn't she's... say how old she was, I don't okay. think. I could have sworn someone dropped like a somewhere in the 30s and they Maybe. talked about like she was like 70. It was like, it was like, oh, right. she's got to go like well, out to pasture. When <laughs> like... Vincent Cassell, when he's announcing her retirement at the gala. Oh, yeah. <laughs> whatever. Announcing her, Beth's retirement to then announce the new Swan Queen for the season. He's talking about her like she's dead, like she's yeah. dying. <laughs> she's still there, like <laughs> she's like in the room, trashed because <laughs> <laughs> she's pissed. Yeah, like <laughs> well, and that's something about the Beth character, such a tragic character. And someone makes a comment. I think I think it is Vincent Cassell's character that she's 
something about her like kind of like living in the darkness like displaying all like she takes everything to the dark place mm -hmm. and it's like she is what that the all those black swan traits become if you just live in them mm -hmm. for all those years and so by the end now she's aged out she's not the the pretty poised young dancer and she's like self-destructive she's drinking she's bitter it's <laughs> yeah. just it's brutal it's I mean, and that's like a thing i actually googled i was like what's old for a ballerina and they say most most ballet dancers uh retire between 30 and 40 yeah. yeah yeah and uh and that's like most pro athletes honestly i feel like yeah. especially in football you talk about guys in football who are in their 30s like they're 80 years old they're like oh can you believe this guy's 35 right here still trucking it and i'm like i'm 35 like you know, like i can't believe he's even they're like i can't yeah. believe he's still out here like and, well, and yeah <laughs> with professional athletes in in sports especially male driven sports it doesn't matter what you look like right the body's taken probably a lot of abuse right. at that point. <laughs> yeah. With professional dance, it isn't even just like, you know, what kind of shape is your body and how much longer can your body sustain it, but you also have to look a certain way. Right, right. <laughs> and and there's, you know, a narrow window of time in your life that you're going to match that exact ideal. Unless you're like what a genetic... Things? freak who's right. like one of the people who right. looks like amazing at like 50 still <laughs> like... yeah. well and it's not even about not looking amazing at any age but it's just that like what is perfection yeah yeah in in that like there's an artistic aesthetic that they're going for with the <laughs> ballet which is why you know the hair looks a certain way the costuming is a certain way to show off the lines of the body and the lines should be very defined and the makeup has to look a certain way. And it's like, there's a very, yeah. because it's this art form, this visual art form, like you have to look the part and you yes. might not, you know, someone over 35 might not look the part anymore, <laughs> you know, uh, not, well, no I... fault of your own, not because you don't look good, but <laughs> it's just a very narrow definition of what, what'll fly well i guess we have determined my dream to be a ballet dancer is dead then that's it. it's all over oh well uh <laughs> uh <laughs> i couldn't resist um this I, yeah i mean it seems brutal the movie makes it seem brutal natalie portman's training seemed very hard like yeah i don't know if she had any especially to jump into it like if you're in your 20s like to jump into just starting to do ballet seems harder because most people will start ballet i think start very young yeah like, young toddlers i think started like so to start in like 20 seems even more difficult but yeah i mean it's just a great performance overall she's so committed to it um like yeah they try to get this project going for years like her and darren aronofsky and she stuck with it like the whole time she really wanted to do it um they paid off for her, so good for her <laughs> but yeah it's um i trying to also want to call that specifically uh it's yeah it's funny because i said earlier the movie i think was sold a little bit as a horror movie uh which it has scary moments i it got a hell of a jump scare out of me when like natalie portman goes into her apartment and that little kitchen area and the light is out so it's completely dark and mm. then she flips it on 
and it's like another version of herself is standing there. It looks scary as shit. <laughs> I was like, oh, like I had forgot about that. Like it really got like a legitimate jump out of me. Um, right. But uh, I don't know if anything else you call. Yeah, in that back half, you start to get some of the body horror. Oh, it's yeah, ramped yeah. up. Like all throughout the film, you'll notice like the texture of her skin. There'll be moments where she's like really stressed or really upset. And you'll see like the chicken skin. It like flares like up. Yeah. Yeah. It flares <laughs> up. Towards the end, you start seeing it a lot more mm -hmm. and covering larger areas of her body until you get to like that, that final dance, the final performance where it's like all over her body, that, that chickeny plucked bird skin. <laughs> and she has like wings for part of the black swan yes, performance. And she starts pulling like the start of feathers out when when she finally stands up to her mom and she shuts the door her hand in the door which i kind of oh, cheered yeah. <laughs> i was like yeah to the hand the door yeah <laughs> once she gets the door closed her body starts to transform like her legs it looks like they're kind of oh, broken i forgot about that shape yeah, yeah remind me of the her kid eyes in go a red arrival yeah <laughs> it's like when they bend back like that yeah, no, yeah the red eyes look really cool the look is amazing when they get to like that full yeah. Like black one, the red eyes. It's on the cover of the Blu-ray, I think. Like mm -hmm. um, the way her face is painted, the the red eyes. It looks very cool. There's some cool stuff with like the design. Yeah, I don't like how it. And yeah, how it gradually gets there and then just goes full on like the black swan look. It's it's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, it's like we get to see this transformation, and it's really artfully done so that you can still she can still do all of the really impressive things she's doing in terms of acting. Like she didn't have to go like full monster makeup. <laughs> yeah. yeah get a full prosthetic. Yeah. Yeah. But like it comes through that this mm -hmm. transformation has occurred psychologically. Yeah. I mean, there's and a lot of stuff... those flashes of it being really scary. Yes. And there's a lot of stuff in the movie that are like quick flashes where mm -hmm. you're like, what was that? Like she sees a reflection that is weird or like lots of mirrors she, in this. lots of mirrors lots of times she thinks she sees herself like on the yes. street or something and then the person comes from the shadows and somebody completely different but um there's that damn there's that weird scene <laughs> just reminded me on the subway where she's just sitting there by herself and there's some creepy oh the creep creepy older guy in a suit who starts kind of playing with himself right across from her yeah that's the whole scene i don't know it's well like, yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna I'm sorry to tell you that that's not just in the movies. That kind of stuff actually happens. <laughs> oh, I mean, I know, I know. I just that's like the least weird thing that happens in this movie. <laughs> well, that's unfortunate because it's very creepy and weird. But yes, I didn't know. I can I tell you some stories of some things I've seen, my friends. Oh, no. Oh, just no. <laughs> making my way in the world. So, yeah, it's the, it's the most it's the most one of the most realistic parts of this movie. Oh, I mean, I have no doubt that it happens. I just, I just can't expect that guy. <laughs> it does to, like, seem to kind of come out of nowhere. Right. And then not, I, I kept thinking he was going to like turn into something or she was going to see, or she was going to get like maybe angry and I'll bring out like another side of her or something. But um, yeah, it was just very, or was I've it even, always like, read it as her being kind of more unsettled even than you would naturally be because her need to be more sexual is coming up that yeah through the work mm -hmm. so it's like this heightened 
that she's being seen as a sexual person, even though she's not. Yeah, yeah. That and she's not comfortable with that. And she now knows she actually has to she has to cultivate that. Right. In order (laughs) to portray that the part. Yeah, that's a good that's a good reading of that, because otherwise I I didn't know what he was doing there, although just a thing that just happens, (laughs) a gross thing that happens to women sometimes. Yeah, Um, it's yeah, I'm trying to think. What else did you have like notes? I don't. What else did you have to say? Oh, I have so many notes. Are you kidding me? <laughs> okay, well then you, you, you lead, my friend. <laughs> Friends, I. <laughs> I went to town, writing notes. I just, I mean, I don't know that everyone wants to hear all of this because it's it's going to start to sound like gibberish, <laughs> and we've we've covered a lot of this. I mean, I, I think. What's really cool about this movie is that interplay between what is reality and and what's not real. But the truth is, is that her mind makes it real. Mm-hmm. And this film does such a good job of showing us like what is going on in this woman's mind and like manifesting that in the movie so we can see mm-hmm. what her mind is like and I even just like the mirror stuff like and the doubles the dark doubles that she sees like earlier on it's like fleeting moments that she'll see someone pass that looks like her and they're Mm -hmm. usually dressed in black and they have their hair down like the first time I think that she sees or no maybe the second time where she sees someone walking down the street and she thinks it's her and their hair is down in black it's like the, the exact opposite the darker side of her right yeah yeah (laughs) but as we get closer and closer to her fully having this break and completely losing herself in the performance it's like when she sees herself in the mirror the her and the double are completely out of sync right like yeah yeah she'll move to one side the double moves to the other side and starts scratching it's like and she's starting to see it very like prolonged stretches of seeing the double and the double i think it's it's there's like it's not synced up at all like she's fracturing her personality is splintering Mm -hmm. and we get to watch it happen It's just so cool. It's, just, it's such a cool way to visualize it. It is. And like, yeah, it gets more as it goes along. I think, yeah, the break's getting more severe. So at first, it's like quick flashes of it. Then it's like the double full on is like, yeah, doing like that, that scene in the mirror looks really cool where it's like she's way out of sync with it. It's very clear that what she's seen. So, yeah. And then I, I do want to ask this kind of like big broad question. And I should have said spoilers a while ago, but uh, it's like spoilers now specifically. How do you read like the real the ending basically from the part where she goes back and we think she stabs Mila Kunis but she does not stab Mila Kunis she herself has been stabbed and so okay so then she goes back out finishes the dance falls uh everyone's like great job and then it's like oh no you're bleeding a lot (laughs) like presumably to die um I don't think they (laughs) get her help in time but um so she's we just think she went back and okay stab- okay yeah okay <laughs> back it up back it up okay because i love i oh it's so cool it's, it's i just so want to sure that. i have a grasp on the whole thing like you do yeah. i mean i love this and okay. again it's this it's it's the way he's able to put to the screen 
this psychological thing that's happening. It's, I mean, it's, I think it's incredible the way he's able to, to realize, execute that vision. So she goes, she's just had the fall where she falls on the stage where the guy dropped her and she comes back into the room. She's got to get ready for the black swan, but she's like distraught because it was this humiliating thing that happened on the stage. Right. Mm -hmm. And then she thinks she sees Lily dressed as the black swan saying, I should do this. But this is the thing about Lily and the black swan is it's like, that's that part of her that she's repressed. And so at first it's Lily telling her, you, you can't hack it. I need to go up there and do it. Mm-hmm. And then when they start struggling on the ground, there's moments where it looks like herself. Right. Right. Saying I need to take over. Yeah. She has that great moment. I think she like, I, she like, she yells like it's my time or something. Like it's yes. very intense. She's like, it's my time. <laughs> yeah. And then she says, it's my, it's no, it's my turn. And my that's turn. when she yeah, stabs, yeah. right? Yes. Yeah. But this is the thing about the, the dark half and the light half, the duality in this film is she is both of those things. And she just, she pictures it as Lily because she's projected onto Lily all of those that all of those are the qualities that she represses in herself. Like Lily embodies all that. So she sees it with Lily's face, but it's really mm-hmm. all of those aspects of herself. Okay. Then I was on the right track. But I was yes. thinking, yeah. So, so yes. thinking in her mind, she's fighting Lily, then ends up Which hurting is, herself. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. Thinking she's fighting Lily and Lily really represents the dark part of herself. Right. Right. And she thinks she stabs Lily. She's actually stuck herself. And let's just, I have to say this because this is one of my film and TV pet peeves. People always do this. And of course it's for dramatic effect and whatever. (laughs) If you are impaled or you have a foreign object sticking out of your body, do not pull it out. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's the only thing that's keeping you from bleeding out. Yeah, I thought that was like at this point, like pretty common knowledge for people to not do Wait that. But I guess for the first responders to arrive and stabilize you, don't pull it out, please. Yes, for anyone that doesn't know, this is good information. We're giving good medical advice on this podcast. Finally, um, it's like it always happens. It always happens in movies and TV. Like, and okay, I will say this though, I get it. Like in the panic. Right. You want that out of your body. (laughs) Yeah. There's something foreign in my body. I want it out. Like I get it, but like, don't do it. Yeah. Yeah. I I think when I was younger, I think my, I would have thought you got to pull whatever out of your body, but I think I've seen enough now to know, like you got to leave it in, even though it sucks. Like you get like impaled in the leg, you better keep that thing in there. It's going to start just, you're going to just start shooting blood. It's the only thing that's keeping the blood. where it is yeah yeah <laughs> so good tip for anybody who gets impaled maybe listening to this podcast right <laughs> yeah pull it out. i mean hey always listen like maybe go ask your doctor about this maybe i'm wrong but i'm pretty sure don't pull it out leave it yeah let the first responders handle that because <laughs> you're just gonna you're gonna bleed out so so yeah so she's 
And when she says it's my turn, it's like she's saying it to herself as herself, but she's saying it to herself. But what takes over is the black swan, is the dark, is the shadow self, is the dark persona. Right. And that's how she's able to give that amazing performance on the stage. Because she's. That side is like she's let it consume her. Yes. Yeah. And then it's when she comes back to the room after like the, the black swan sequence. And then when Lily comes to the door and she realizes Lily's not dead. I didn't kill Lily. Mm-hmm. I've stabbed myself and she pulls it out. like a, <laughs> and then, You know, and then it's like, oh, it's so tragic, but it's so tragic, but it's almost to her. It's like, it's not. But it's like all she wanted is, is yes, the yeah. dance is such a triumph. <laughs> and she tells Toma when and and the girls that are standing around when she's laying on the on the mattress and they're realizing that she's seriously injured. Mm-hmm. And she says, and he asks, like, what did you do? And she says, I felt it. And it, you know, it was perfect. Like she finally achieved that perfection. <laughs> yeah. All she wanted is perfection and she got it. Just yeah, she just seems blissfully happy like does not care if she's bleeding out yeah it's like um perfectionism yeah. kills folks <laughs> oh that's yeah i don't have that problem so i'm okay i really don't have like oh see i totally do oh i don't i don't i uh i, I almost said everything bad i have perfectionism bad but here's the thing here's what saves me this here is why i am not a nina is that I'm super perfectionist and I can be very competitive with myself. Like I want to beat my own time. I want to beat my own record, like all that. But if I'm also the kind of person, I won't start something I can't finish and I won't play a game. I'm not going to win. So a lot of times I'll just not do something because I'm pretty sure I can't do it perfectly. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Yeah, no, that's not me. I, I will start stuff i don't finish i have i very unorganized i uh i'm trying like i always joke um like they're you know like these these pro athletes who like win a championship and then they're like they're never said they want more they're never satisfied if Mm. i won one i'd be like i'm good like i don't care if we win one again like i'd be so like i'd be like hey just happy to be here like even as like a like you know i'm not as big a sports fan as i was like i don't know 10 years ago but like I'm a, uh, my football team was like the Seattle Seahawks. They won one Super Bowl in like 2013, 2014. And I'm like, I'm good. Like you guys can take another 20 years to win one. We got one. Like I'm not like, I don't crave like, you know, that kind of level of perfection or like being the best. I'm just like, I'm here to have a good time. Like, that's fun. Um, Like I'm gambling. Oh my God. I could win like 20 bucks. If I, if, if like I went to table with like a hundred and I won like 120, I'd be like, Oh, great night. I'm out of here. Like I am just yes, like, I, I don't gamble. I don't really either. That was like I I barely gambled because for anything. it's not a yeah. sure thing. Oh, okay. That you sound like my brother-in-law. This guy will not play games <laughs> unless he knows like he wants to win so badly. This man's competitive at Uno. Like I've never played Uno with someone who's more competitive, but hates to lose, only wants to win, um, loves to gamble, but he which is funny because he um it's a thing you're un- unsure of, but he like always wants to like 
try to find the ways to win the gambling. Like he's always oh, trying to beat gotcha. the system. Like he just, he wants to find any game that you want to play with him. He wants to find all the ways to exploit it, to beat it. Like, Without cheating, really. I mean, he has honor, but he was like, sure. he will like study the game. He's like, what are the weaknesses? And I'm like, I don't care that much, man. I don't put that much effort into it. Like, um, I just, I, I mean, if you listen to this podcast, it's not, it's like, I don't, I don't do that much editing. I just kind of put a show out there. Like these poor people I listen to who like say they spend hours editing and putting clips together and they take out every like empty space or breath or extra word couldn't be me could not be I'm, this is i mean okay confession time <laughs> i think this is one of the major reasons why i haven't started a podcast of my own oh okay all right because <laughs> i don't know that i could i could be free and easy about it you know what i mean oh mm-hmm I could see a scenario where if I started my own podcast, I would get so like, it has to be just right. That I would either kill myself trying to make, make it just right. Or I would just throw up my hands and give up. Convinced it could never be perfect. Oh, I, I mean, yeah, that could be a problem. I mean, also I don't want to insult anybody. I don't think any of our friends are that much perfect. I don't, I think Mike said he used to be way more about like, over, not over editing, but editing really deeply and like cutting out this and that. I think he said he gave up because he just couldn't do it anymore. I think you it's might too much. It's too much. You might start that way because I was a little more about it when I first started sure. the podcast. I gave up. I was like, it's fine. People just want the conversation. Like I slap a theme song on the beginning and the end. I change some levels and like I cut out like you know bathroom breaks or whatever. Right. But like I just I just slap the. I'll stuff tell you, together I'm working on this. Okay. <laughs> Me and my therapist, we talk about this a lot. I'm working on this. And that's that's one of the things about this film and this whole idea of of that splintered persona, the light and dark halves of the of yourself, the shadow. It's like to work through that stuff, it's like isn't to repress something. It's to integrate it. Like to be like a whole person is about finding that balance, right? Like try to stay organized that's or being organized is great having some self-will and, and discipline is good but you also have to like balance that out with being able to let yourself off the hook when things don't go quite right take a break take a rest take it easy like it's the balance and I think that's something that this movie shows kind of the, the pitfalls of going to one extreme or the other. Yeah. I mean, when really yeah. <laughs> the healthy thing is, is the balance. Yes. Moderation is key as they always say, yeah. like the balance. Yeah. Nina need to go have some fun, like in her outside life, like yes. eat that piece of cake, go to that club. Like, uh, every once in a it's while, okay every day. you want to make out with that guy in yeah. the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's just, way too wound up tight it's a good lesson you just gotta you gotta just you know you can't be all one thing you can't thing, even basically. masturbate for christ's sakes <laughs> oh i know it's I very mean, sad that's a real bummer that that is a bummer that is a bummer for <laughs> 
how can you not unwind? I yeah, that's wow. Yeah, that's sad and for her. she's like <laughs> she's literally tearing herself apart physically, like scratching. It's all of the little, all of like the ways she's trying to cope with the mm -hmm. pressure and the stress. And no, girl, you need to live. <laughs> you gotta get there and just live. Yeah, she. Live if only she had. Uh... Just had some more fun. The movie might have ended differently. <laughs> like she need to go on a vacation, just take a break from dancing for a week. Like, but she had like no other interests. That's like it's like one of those people you meet yes. who like has no other interests and they only talk about like one thing. The one thing. And it's like, wow, this is sad. <laughs> like uh I I I well, I don't even want to call I was gonna call someone out in my life, but I don't have anyone call. I don't no, know don't anyone do like that, thankfully. I, yeah, yeah. I don't know anyone who's like that. Um there, I have friends who kind of get obsessed with one thing, but then it's not, it's not like their only thing in their life. You know what I mean? But, uh, yeah, yeah it's, I, I have met people who are, I wouldn't call friends, but it's just, you meet people once in a while. It's like, yeah, wow, all, yeah, this person only has golf or something, you know, it's like all they talk about is, you know, this or that, like this one thing, like, um, friend of a friend, I think I did know all the guy talked about was baseball. All they could mm. talk about was baseball. Like that's it. <laughs> like, um, I mean, I mean, I'm all for people having like have the things that you love, the things that keep you engaged. That's awesome. Yeah. Again, it's all about the balance. Like, does this thing that I'm putting all my focus into, like, I have to ask myself this because I'm the kind of person that goes all or nothing. Like, I I have those tendencies. Like, okay, is this is this thing is all the focus and energy I'm putting into this one thing. Is this preventing me from meeting like the other, <laughs> the other needs in my life? Like, is this preventing me from, you know, that's, that's kind of where <laughs> I have to, for I, me anyway. Yeah. I mean, I, I try not to be like a podcast movies. So I clearly like movies. I try to be all about movies. I don't want to go into a group of people and be like, all I talk about is that I want to have other interests. I try to like balance yeah. out like, other things I'm interested in but yeah it's I try to think about that I'm like you don't want to be the guy who's just into the one thing that's all they can talk <laughs> about um try to balance but um yeah I don't know it's I, Black Swan is great um I, I don't know it's, else it's <laughs> it is you've made me appreciate even more through the conversation so um that's a high compliment I, my friend I, it's, I true. it's true it's true you bring a lot of intelligence to this podcast. <laughs> oh, Otherwise, I'm over here like, oh, isn't that so crazy? Uh, we turned to a swan. <laughs> you are an intelligent man. I I just think too much. I just overthink <laughs> things and then like start going down like these weird trails of thought. That's all it is. Uh, well, I do that too. But th yeah, this, I feel like you brought a lot of good points. This movie, I can tell you clearly love it. So um yeah, I should probably revisit it again before 13 years go by because it was really yes. good. Um, yeah, and I own the Blu-ray. I think it's really rewatchable, personally. Yeah, I mean, again, like I watched a day and it was like, I, I don't think I'd seen anything besides bits and pieces on maybe TV in the past 13 years, but I remembered so much of the movie. So I was like, wow. And it went by, yeah, it was very watchable. Um, and I could see it being, re there's stuff to, to kind of gleam every time, I think, that that you don't notice in the other viewings, a lot of subtle little yeah. things going on. I we even the whole time we've mentioned this guy and he's, I'm going to bring him up in a minute. Darren Aronofsky, very good job directing this movie. I, I, Oh yeah. It's stunning. It's beautiful. Like he did a really good job. We're going to rank 
our top three because he only has like eight or nine movies shockingly in the past a full like feature length feature length yeah 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 yeah. which i would have thought was a little more um but yeah he he has not directed that much in the past like 25 years he's been directing feature films so i was like well top three because i don't know if i could do a top five (laughs) so and i'm still very my number three even i'm like which way am i gonna go because i'm (laughs) I'm gonna tell you, friends. So, I I rewatched. I rewatched some movies. One in particular, I thought I would never rewatch again. <laughs> uh huh. I watched one, yeah. one of the few of his film, like one of the remaining films that I had of his that I had never seen, and thought that I would never see. I, I did my homework on this one. I'm feeling very confident about my top three that like, no, this is for real your top three because I rewatched a bunch of things mm-hmm. just to be sure. Well, now I feel bad. I appreciate your homework. I feel like I didn't rewatch any of his movies. So and there was one <laughs> there was one I really wanted to watch finally. And I saw you watch it. I did not watch it still. Um, I don't know what's I think the movie it. The, we'll talk about it, I think. But the idea of this movie, just reading the log line, I'm like, I oh, don't. That sounds sad. And like, one? I don't know, the fountain. Oh, okay. Just the just the 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 premise just sounds sad to me. I don't do well with like, I, I'm not in, like like stories about you know. I think the whole idea is his wife has can't Hugh Jackman's wife has cancer. Well, cancer we're gonna stories. talk about it because it's it's in my top three. Oh well, the, <laughs> good start. I I just <laughs> I read that I'm like that sounds depressing. I have a hard time with um with those so um, very emotional yeah i i i it's funny because i've never seen the movie but i love the soundtrack the score by clint mm, mansell okay. because i've had it for somewhere downloaded for years and it was like my go-to like if i had to study or relax score it was like i, I go to that it's a good it's a beautiful score like it is yeah. really really beautiful um so yeah one day i'll watch it i didn't get to watch it for <laughs> So okay. I apologize. Um, so yeah, do you want to do our top three now? Aaron yeah, Austin and movie? I will say I one film of his that I have still not seen ever is The Whale, but that's new, so I haven't gotten to that one yet. Yeah, yeah, so that was yeah. not in the consideration mm-hmm. when I was deliberating. <laughs> yeah, that just came <laughs> out. Yeah, and I haven't. I don't. I think it was playing by me. I missed it. Another movie. I'm not super excited to go see because it seems very depressing i printed fraser like depressing shit so i <laughs> I, I mean and, and i think uh yeah hayden friend hayden said he really liked it that was like the first person i knew that said something really positive because everyone keeps saying the same thing about the whale which is like brendan fraser's great the movie's not very good so that kind of was like eh. um and i haven't seen noah which <laughs> i watched I, it oh you did okay in my preparation for this, I had never seen it and never had any interest. I had I have no desire. Maybe you could tell me different, but I had no interest. This is my perfectionism bullshit, friend. You see, I host a podcast and I, was, I didn't do this much work. There was no way that mm-hmm. Noah was going to be in my top three. <laughs> but I had to watch it just to be sure. Okay, see this. See, see, now I feel bad. This is like, you I'm over. This? I'm, this is my podcast. No, you are in the right. You're in the right. I'm the one that's. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the one that's making it much harder than it has to be. Uh, also, question. I don't know if I did something on my end of Zoom or you did. Are you in black and white now? On your Oh, screen? it could be. <laughs> it's she this went to laptop the... for some reason. 
like sometimes when it moves, like if it gets shook, mm -hmm. the camera will go black and white and then it'll change again. Okay. So. I think it, I did see it shaking a little bit and then it went black and white. Mm -hmm. I would edit that out, but I'm not a perfectionist. I'm going to leave it in. So people... <laughs> <Good shit. laughs> um, it's just funny. You went to like the Darren Aronofsky like lighting for pie all of a sudden. Like you went to like, <laughs> you went to your Aronofsky mood lighting. Well, then that's perfect because my number three is pie. Oh, okay. From 1998. All right. When I was, when I was setting out to prepare for this, I knew that I really enjoyed pie. I, I first saw pie when it came out on vi on like video, like for rental, like, like we rented it in VHS format, I think mm -hmm. <laughs> it's that long ago. Uh, so I, I probably saw it in like 1999 or something and thought it was really cool, but I hadn't rewatched it in a very long time. And I rewatched it this last week and I was like, yeah, it's my number three. I love it. <laughs> okay. This. Another movie I, I was also seen. sure that it wasn't my number. I was also sure it was my number three because I became convinced that Requiem for a Dream was not my number three. <laughs> <laughs> because I rewatched <laughs> Requiem for a Dream for the first time in over 20 years. So, yeah, didn't make it. Pi is my number three. Uh, and then my number two is The Fountain from 2006. It's. It is a movie about grief and about accepting that we all die and that that's part of life um, and that love doesn't die just because you do, you know, that kind of whole thing. Mm -hmm. But it's really the way that it's told, it's like three different incarnations of the character mm -hmm. and it's like there's there's one incarnation that's a conquistador sent by the queen of spain to the new world and then the scientist doctor who's trying to save his wife and then the incarnation of of the man who's trying to transcend <laughs> and he's like at the tree of life it's so it's like surreal it's got historical fiction elements it's got you know this like science drama thing it's i think it's gorgeous i think it, it's really I, beautifully done yeah i always thought it looked amazing like visually it looked amazing the score is amazing um i don't do <laughs> like my i think my I big get it. i get it Stories about death, I don't do well. Uh, even if it sounds that one sounds kind of hopeful, it was like love, you know, endures and all that kind of stuff. I just not, I don't, I, 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 I keep them away. They, they scare me. I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, but I, one day I will watch the fountain. I, I will definitely get around to it at some point because I think I will actually like it. I just, you know, what am I in the mood, you know, to watch like a heavy right. you, drama? You got to be in the right headspace. Yeah. Yeah. I get you. I get you. So, okay. I mean, yeah, that can be a hard sell. Movies that are all about death and dying. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, yeah, I get it. <laughs> okay. I love but that's, that stuff. Yeah. Number two in your first time but watch. I'm, that's good. I, I'm the girl yeah. that went to a death salon event on her birthday one year. <laughs> Wait, a what? Death salon. What is a death it salon? Put on, it was put on by the, <laughs> it was an event that was put on by the order of the good death. <laughs> okay. And there, this is like the whole death positive movement, like to get people to like talk about death, think about death, 
accept death. Learn about death. It's like, no, so, I don't want. <laughs> yeah, it was, they had a death salon event in San Francisco wow. one year and it was on my birthday. And that's what I wanted to do for my birthday. And so it's like all speakers talking about burials, talking about human composting, talking about suicide bridges, talking about. Um, oh, boy. <laughs> death rituals. Not... Yeah. Oh, I love that shit. I, this this is where we really differ. Yeah, I'm like I don't want to think about it. I don't want to think of, like yeah. um. I mean, I'm sure it's interesting, but I just I don't want to hear about it. I'm like la 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 la. <laughs> like, I'm that girl. Um, I'm that morbid death girl. <laughs> Fine. Uh, and my number one, of course, is Black Swan. No yeah, surprise. That, that one I figured after you talked about it for <laughs> this time. I was like, well, the number one I think I have picked, but I couldn't have picked yeah. the other two. I I didn't know which way you were gonna go. I uh, I have not seen Pi. You know, I think I I really only see Aaron Austin movies like one time, and then never watch them again. Like, um, this happens. Requiem for a Dream came out. Was it two thousand or was it two thousand one or two? I think it was two thousand one. Let me let me double check. We're both looking right now. Yes, uh, two thousand. Sure it was actually two thousand. Okay. Yeah. Maybe no, no, I feel like no one really saw it till a year or two <laughs> later. Like people were catching up. It was one of those movies that like had a lot of underground buzz. I felt like I any mean, underground from me being a suburban teenager, being like, right. The people were like, oh, you got to see Reform Regime. It's so crazy. It's so messed up. And I liked it. And I was, and then I found Pi because I was like, oh, I'm getting to film. And I feel like Aaron Offsey, especially at that time, was like, uh, like a real film school type director guy yeah, where everybody was totally. like, oh, you got to watch his movies. Pie, very interestingly made. I don't think I know or had any clue what the fuck was going on in that movie. Like, I don't think I've ever been more confused. It's like Jewish mathematics or something, right? Like, it's some kind of like equation okay. to life or. So it's a mathematician. <laughs> He's become obsessed with this equation. He gets. And Aronofsky's great at this. Movies about people who are obsessed, compulsive. He just this is this is something he likes to work out in film, and I'm here for it. So yeah, it's and he is of Jewish ethnicity, but he's not a, he's not practicing in the religion, but he comes across an Orthodox Jewish man who is who studies the Kabbalah, and is trying to get him interested in the Kabbalah because there's there's new numerology that's involved with that significance to numbers in the Torah and the Kabbalic books. And then there's some firm that's interested in the number as well. Everyone wants the answer to this mm -hmm. equation, the meaning of this string of numbers, and he's obsessed with it and losing his mind. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't the equation. We watch like... it. It's cool. I probably I might appreciate it more now, maybe. I don't know. Like I remember the teenager thinking it was really cool because it was like something I'd never seen before. And visually uh, it's it looks really good. Yeah. Especially considering it's, you know, low budget indie film. Yeah. Is the equation like something that'll like something about like the the meaning of life or secret of life or something huge like that? Yeah, the secret of the universe. Like, that's what or they're something. trying to get towards. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, didn't rewatch that. <laughs> Record for a dream. Didn't rewatch that. Keep telling myself I to rewatch it. <laughs> It, I, I, still I, I might up. never again. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, I say that is- now. Maybe in another twenty years, I'll watch it again for a third time. <laughs> it is just a ticket to Bummersville. It's like it is sad. I am haunted to this day. I mean, well, a lot of things in the movie, but especially like yeah. the Jerry Leto losing spoiler losing arm. half an arm. Yeah. Uh, you know, not like I was going to be doing heroin, but uh, it was like if There's I ever a lot thought of about cool it, things that yeah. he's doing visually in the oh, film. Oh yeah, yeah, and. Um, Ellen Bernstein's performance, performance? As, yeah. as his mother is incredible. But it's, it's so sad. Oh my God. It's like, it is so very t- sad. And here's my biggest gripe rewatching it. Cause I think the first time I saw it, I was really bummed out. And <laughs> I, now I, I was not a heroin user, but I, I did use pills and I was a drunk. So by the time I saw, Looking for a dream. I was three years sober. So still pretty, pretty early in my journey of not taking mind altering substances. Mm-hmm. And so it, it hit really hard. Like people going through withdrawal symptoms, trying to get their drug of choice, like all of that hit really hard at the time. And the visual style was just so striking. Like that's what I remembered about it. Watching revisiting it now, 20 years later, over 20 years like there's just they're trying to focus on too many characters i think and there's like and four stories going on right yeah right. it's like some of them get more screen time than others and some of them don't get very much depth like yeah these people are just their addiction and like they're not very fully formed as characters as people and that I found it revisiting it this time. That was the thing that knocked it out of my top three for sure. For sure. I do remember the visually, this is very cool. He's doing some really interesting things. There's, there's really, really good performance in this from Ellen Bernstein, but I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like I remember the Marlon Wayans subplot really feel like he kind of got shortchanged. If I remember right. Yes, he did. (laughs) Yeah. And then the Jennifer Connelly stuff is just, sad and like it's just like uh, yeah it's, it's uh not a not a fun movie it always comes up if somebody posts like a twitter thing about like what's the best movie you never want to see again it someone says it within like three replies like it's like always yeah, no there. that was i would have said for many years that that was it for me and now i have seen it again um, <laughs> yeah yeah the I things mean, i do for podcasting friend and now it's like irreversible is up there for me and that i finally watched that movie <laughs> like I would watch Irreversible. I would rewatch that in a heartbeat. Before Requiem for a Dream, or yes. just in general, hands down. I, the filmmaking's great. I it just it's such rough. You know, it's just not a fun time. <laughs> like it's just it's not not a good time. Um, uh, I don't know. I was blown away by how it was made, though. Like the way that camera moves around is just like yeah. insane. Um. Okay. Uh, I had a really tough time with this because, like, tell me, tell me about it, friend. <laughs> so, I haven't seen Noah, haven't seen The Whale, haven't seen The Fountain, <laughs> but I've seen everything else. So, I saw just talk this out. I've seen Pie, I've seen Working for a Dream, I've seen The Wrestler, Black Swan, Mother. Then that's it. That's my only options. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, I was torn. No, one and two were actually pretty easy. Actually, I'll say that. 
But the three spot was like, I don't know, because yeah. like I like Mother, I think, more than most people. But rewatching Mother, which I didn't expect to do, but I did for a podcast like two years ago. Um, uh-huh. Mother loses a lot of steam for me once you can give everything a one to one correlation with the biblical mm. thing, mm-hmm. which I didn't get. I mean, I think about halfway through the movie, I figured out what he was doing because like it becomes very obvious with the the Cain and Abel, the two brothers fighting. Yeah, I can't remember who, the actual <laughs> brothers in real life and I blanking on who they are the gleason brothers i think um and i'm like oh this is all then it just all started to like it was like tetris and all the pieces fell right, right. in order it was like okay got it um and that makes it less interesting i kind of like to know what the fuck was going on <laughs> and like but there is some really good filmmaking in that movie uh especially when things go crazy at the end um but i went number three requiem for a dream just because in my memory <laughs> of 20 years ago <laughs> That it's good. I mean, it's a good movie. I don't know if I want to. I still don't want to watch it again. But I double um, dog dare you. Oh, I mean, maybe I triple dog dare you to watch I mean, it again. I, I mean, I would. It's not like I'm saying like I'm scared. Well, of now it. you I, have to. I triple dog dare you. I, it's more like I just don't want to. But it's not like a. It's not like I'm scared of it. It's just like oh, it's just not pleasant. I'll do no, it at some not. point. I might need to, I might do a podcast no, on watch it, the, make it. Watch the fountain instead. Okay. Okay. <laughs> it's like if I do a podcast and work with a dream, then I have a reason to rewatch it. <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, I forgot there was a six year gap between Reckoning for a Dream and the Fountain. Wow. Sorry. Yeah. Um, okay. My number two would be Black Swan. Nice. My, num- my number one is The Wrestler. The Wrestler is awesome. I, and I think it's funny. I was thinking watching Black Swan that there's a lot of similarities between the wrestler and Black Swan. There is two people who are like obsessed with the thing. It's like all they know how to do. It leads them to their death, basically, even though he leaves that in both movies, not completely definitive, but about as definitive as you could say without literally being like they died. Uh, but right. <laughs> um, I think I mentioned this on the podcast. I do like pro wrestling, as embarrassing as that is to admit, but it's That's not embarrassing. It's, I mean, <laughs> a lot of people give me shit about it if you say it. They're like, it's like, I know it's not real. I know it's not real. We all it's know entertainment. that. It's very, yes, it's very much entertainment. And the wrestler nails, like, because I've watched so many, like, documentaries and YouTube videos about, because the fascinating about pro wrestling is like the behind the scenes of pro wrestling is like uh-huh. way more fascinating than the stuff they do for TV. Um, and yeah, I mean, when I saw this, I was like, wow, he really like must have set with some, and I think he did like some older wrestlers, like to nail how they are, because there's a documentary called beyond the mat with like mm. Jake, the snake Roberts, if anyone remembers him, like the Hulk Hogan years, like he was a big yeah, star. Yeah. And this is basically like his story. He's like wrestling in like little bingo halls or gyms and doing these little signings for like, you know, $20 and and it's just very like sad. Like he's very detached from his family. Um, and yeah, they just nailed it. Like, and Ricky Rourke is so good. Like as good he's as Natalie Portman excellent. is in Black Swan, Rick, Mickey Rourke yes. is like just as good in the wrestler, I think. And um, yeah, it's again, very sad, but it's like, it's such a good movie. Um, actually, maybe the only one I've watched multiple times, Marinofsky, now that I think about it, because I find it fascinating, even though it's very, it's a downer. Where's Tomei's great. Um, oh, she's really good. Yeah, the performances. I I would say I think the wrestler 
I think the wrestler would be my number four because there are these amazing performances. It's, I think of all his films and I've only seen it once or twice, so I could be wrong, but it's the most grounded in realism. Oh yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's why it didn't land in my top three. Oh. Cause I like all that <laughs> surreal shit. Like that's kind of what I go to Aronofsky for, but I, yeah, no, I think it's an incredible film. I can see why. I mean, I totally get why it's your number one. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's very well done. They, I feel like a lot of movies don't, <laughs> they don't know how to approach pro wrestling. It's weird. It's like, they all, it's like all, everyone knows it's not real, but I feel like something they want to keep this like, thing about like oh maybe some of it's real it's like no no it's just like and it's funny yeah because you mentioned her in this business where it's like athletic and it's art and theirs is athletic and it's entertainment where it's like yes you need to be athletic but you it's also acting. have to you have to be an actor you have to act yeah you have to act so um which is also and, an art form yeah and he can't stand being out of the spotlight which i think they do really well it's like and his life is just in shambles <laughs> like it is oh, just yeah. not good well, and what uh, he's willing to do to try and keep his size. Oh yeah. To keep going. Like he mm -hmm. knows it's killing him. Yeah. And those like, there's so many, like, well, there's so many professors that die so young. Like, sure. You can pull up a list of dead professors and it's like insane. Like, and they're guys that were not that old. It's like, I mean, it's steroid use, it's drug use. Like, I think the pro wrestlers now are like much better, like taken care of. I think like these guys are running like in the eighties, even up to the nineties, like, they've got their guys are running like, 300 days a year like Oof. you know <laughs> not yeah, easy to contact your family then you know it's like just very detached from your family like now they have you could facetime your family it's you know it's like a little easier to keep in touch um sure. but these guys were just like on the road like nothing else to do except drink and like do drugs and like they're using steroids to like keep their size up like and they're just broken down so yeah i mean wrestler's great i mean he but it's funny because like Aronofsky, I, I was thinking about this. I can't really pin him down. I thought I had him pegged for mm. a while, but I felt like he, even the wrestler was weird. Cause I remember the wrestler was kind of like, people were like, wait, Darren Aronofsky's making a movie about pro wrestling. <laughs> and of course it's like, it's not like, it's, it's more of a sad drama, character drama. So it's not like people thought it was going to be, I don't know if they thought it was going to be like some right. action movie about wrestling, but, and then Black Swan, it gets like Oscar buzz for these two movies. And there's a little break, I think, till the way or till Noah and Noah comes out. I feel like nobody cares about it. I don't think like, it feels like the forgotten. It was weird. Yeah. I was like, why is he doing this? And then and then is there another big break between that and the whale? Am I forgetting something? I thought there's like a big gap. Oh, mother. Yeah, there's, there's mother in between. Yeah, mothers in between. Which just that's one of those F Cinema Score <laughs> movies that like people hated. Like I've but been... people love to talk about, even though they hated it, they wanted yeah. to talk about it. So, so many. You gotta walkouts. give them credit for that. Yeah, that's true. It a lot of buzz, and I think whatever company somebody leaned into it. The company was like, "Yeah, it's so the most controversial movie of the year." Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. And so many walkouts. I feel like I feel like I was anything counting... this man does gets people's attention and gets talked about. Yeah, yeah. It's weird how he fluctuates sometimes between like I don't I don't know I don't know how Noah was but like and the whale sounds kind of like a like a sad drama but kind of also maybe a little bit uh I think I've heard some people say it's kind of saccharine in a weird way <laughs> like it's kind of it's like it's not as hardcore maybe? yeah maybe a little sentimental like 
but he goes from like shocking stuff like wrecking for a dream and mother back to like kind of like the whale feels like it's almost like too sentimental for him i just can't figure him out like i think i have him nailed down i don't know what he's about but like i'm looking forward to seeing the whale i don't know when that'll happen i'm sure at some point this year i'll see it because i am interested and i love brendan fraser so i need to see that yeah i saw noah friend and i don't know what i was expecting or not expecting but it's weird but not <laughs> not in like not in like the not in the way that I I love Aronofsky weirdness. This was like it's like a, it's it's this Old Testament story. Right. From Genesis about <laughs> Noah and the ark. And it's 300 cubits of crazy because <laughs> it's almost sci-fi fantasy in some parts. Oh, that's weird. Okay. <laughs> like glowing protective stuff that Noah puts on his arm and the angels look <laughs> like rocks like these oh, big wow. rock creatures and you're like what the fuck is this I don't think any of this was in the trailer that I remember seeing <laughs> wow that sounds weird I, you know I think most people even if you're not um, a Religious? believer in the religions yeah. that that have this story in their scriptures Everyone pretty familiar with the story of Noah and the Ark. Right, right, right. <laughs> but yeah, this was it was weird. Like I, I did like there's like this whole thing around like the landscape is very barren because the world before the flood. Oh yeah. Still, you know, it's not as densely populated. They've they're out of the Garden of Eden, so it's tough going. You know, it looks like the apocalypse has already happened. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that was pretty cool. But yeah, it was just very strange. Yeah, that was another I love one where Russell I'm... Crow. Yeah, I would get on an arc with Russell Crow if he asked me. But I wouldn't watch Noah again. <laughs> that was one where people were like, when we heard that he's making that, I'm like, he's making a movie about Noah, the Ark Noah. Like, what? Like, what? Like, it sounds way weirder. And I, I don't remember. I'll go watch the trailer again because I feel like they kind of maybe kept some of that weirdness hidden because I don't remember the stuff. The stuff you said does not ring a bell, but uh, it's just like, why? What? What compels him to spend four years getting that Noah project going? <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. And I was surprised when I was logging it in Letterbox that. Like some people I I follow gave it decent pretty decent rating. So I think it it resonated with some people. But it is weird. All right. I mean, I'll get to a yeah. point where I feel like I'll have to finish Hill's filmography because yeah, it'll be there's, probably only, the only, there's not that many movies. I know. The only thing I haven't it'll bother me though, but the only thing I haven't seen is like that movie. I'll like, I have that that's where my like I guess OCD comes in where I'm like I'm like, I got to finish this first filmography. You're I a completionist. One... I am a little bit of completionist. Yeah, I'm like, especially if it's like, if I'm like five or six away and I'm not into I'm like, yeah, but if I'm one away, I'm going to watch that one movie. <laughs> so yeah, maybe one day I'll see Noah. It sounds real weird, but. Um, it's weird. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so um, anything else on Aronofsky or Black Swan or anything? I'm just so glad that we talked about this movie. <laughs> 
It yeah, makes I, me so happy. You know, I always tell people I do the letterbox stalking. <laughs> I check out people <laughs> like. I don't want to go like, what'd you give half a star to? I'm like, what'd you give five stars to? And I saw you gave five stars to the next one. I was like, yeah. well. And it was, I think it was like on my random list of movies before I even saw the elected that much. And I was like, oh, well, Carmelita's the person for that job because like she gave her five stars. So um, and I, you had great insight. I figured you would. Uh, Thank I you, hope friend. we covered everything you want to talk about. I, I we did i mean here's the thing if you let me if you let me run my mouth and just like go down that rabbit hole i will take you down the rabbit hole you don't need that you've had a long day you don't need that that's the kind of stuff i used to get away with like when i was in my teens and 20s and me and my friends would go to the denny's and we drink coffee, you know, till two in the morning or whatever. And then like mm -hmm. go and sit at someone's house and like talk about ladder theory. And um, we used to do that crazy stuff. <laughs> no one has time for that. Not even in the podcasting world. You don't have time for that. I mean, I, if anyone has time, it's me on this podcast because, you know, we go on for a while. But uh, <laughs> I, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. And I feel like, yeah, we did cover pretty much everything. And I was... It's not a super long movie. It's I feel we covered all it's the not. beats, the major beats. Uh, you know, I I'm always surprised it's not over two hours. And I'm like, oh, it's only like an hour forty five. Great. Uh, like I'm sad that I'm surprised any movie. It's amazing what can be accomplished in an hour and forty five <laughs> minutes in a movie. Yeah, I'm always surprised when any movie is not over two hours these days. So Nowadays, I'm like, oh wow. yeah, look at that, hour forty five. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I feel like we There's covered it. There's a couple it. newer movies that I've been wanting to see, but I'm looking at that runtime and I'm like, fuck, man. That's, yeah, I mean, that's why I didn't see Babylon in a theater. I had a friend. That's who was, that's one of the ones that I've been hemming and hawing. I want, I want. Apparently, it's on VOD tomorrow. I think it'll be like twenty dollar VOD, but at least it's once... on HBO Max, isn't it? Is it? Hang on. <laughs> I think it is. If it is, I'll probably watch it tomorrow. Um, I really wanted to see it. I had a friend who was really being annoying and bugging me in real life about like, you got to see Babylon in theater. It's a cinema experience. And I'm like, listen, man, I was like, it's not playing near me. It's Christmas time. It's three plus hours with the previews. I don't know how long it is. I'm like, I don't got that kind of time. Like, I'll catch it at home and uh, I'll probably enjoy it just as much there. I was like, I've seen some of my favorite movies ever at home, not in a theater. It'll be fine. And so he yeah. was really like, I mean, oh, I love to have a theater experience. Don't get I me do wrong. Too. Sometimes I do it's too. not, sometimes you can't. And that's okay too. As long as you see the movie, however you can see it. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I, you know I've seen so many of my favorite movies at home. And when I was a kid, it's all them on VHS on like crappy TV. So, yeah. you know. A great movie will be a great movie no matter how you see it. So this is um, absolutely true. So yeah, I don't know. Finally I'll see Babylon at, at my house where I can take bathroom breaks for three <laughs> three plus hours of Babylon. Yes. Um because I bet they don't do an intermission like they used to. No, they should bring that back. Yeah, the epics, there's no reason. Yeah, there's no those, reason those longer movies. If your movie is over three hours long or even three hours long, there's no reason not to have an intermission. Like who's gonna be upset? Like you mm -hmm. stop for five minutes, like <laughs> maybe some I, people would be upset. They'd be like, "Oh, just finish the movie," but it's like a five minute break. Especially most movies have twenty minutes of previews tacked on. So <laughs> yeah, we gotta start that petition to bring back intermissions. Like they gotta come. Yeah, back. bring back the intermission. <laughs> if movies are gonna get longer, we need intermission. <laughs> it's like this is seriously. about this is a about proper health and safety. Like <laughs> you shouldn't be holding it that long. Yeah. 
you shouldn't need a have bathroom to break. You should be able to go take a bathroom break and not miss anything. Yes, exactly. Oh, good. Smokers. <laughs> I know it's not healthy and everyone hates it, but if you need to smoke, like <laughs> let them go outside and have a smoke, man. Yeah. Stretch your legs. I need just, you know, five minutes. It's fine. Um, <laughs> we'll bring it back one day. We'll start a petition. Um, but <laughs> well, this was a ton of fun as, as usual. Um, thanks for doing this on pretty short notice, but I'm glad I picked a movie that you love. So I think that makes it easier. <laughs> so no, this was, I had a blast. I had so much fun prepping for this. And as I always do, I had a blast talking with you, friend. I love talking movies with you. So I'm <laughs> Thank you. so grateful to be invited back. And yeah. Well, thank you. I love talking with you too. Thanks for coming back. Uh, you're always the person too. I feel I can count on. I'm like, oh, I need a show on short notice. I can tech, I can message Carmelita, and she'll probably be able to help me out. So again, oh, yeah. I kind of misscheduled, and I was like, oh no, it was like I need a show. <laughs> so, in a pinch. In a pinch. I appreciate it. Really appreciate you. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, this was a good time. Um. Any, do you want to plug people could follow you shows that you're going to be on? This will drop. Sure. I mean, there's, there's a few things coming (laughs) a week from today. This will be out. So yeah, there's a few things coming soon. So the easiest thing to do is follow me on Twitter. I'm also on letterbox with the same handle for both at Carmelita says. Good. And everyone should be following you. If they're not, I feel like I say that every time, but really it's like, what are you doing if you're not? Come on. <laughs> it's like, get it together, people. Um, but uh, yeah, for our stuff, uh, like I said, I next week we're doing the big Spielberg marathon episode, 24 hours of Spielberg movies. We're going to, it's going to be fun, a fun imaginary uh, marathon. <laughs> so should be a good time. Excited with Lindsay and James. So um, that's, that's next exciting. week. It's I'm very, I'm probably the episode I'm most looking forward to. I can think of in the near future, but we have good stuff coming after that too. But, uh, that episode, it's been a long time coming this episode too. Like talking about it for a while. I said, we need at least a couple months to watch all these Spielberg movies. Oh <laughs> like, yeah. He's got like 34 movies now. I think he's got the man, the man is prolific. He's made a lot of movies. So, um, and yeah, so yeah, that's happening next week. Uh, you can follow the podcast on Twitter at film feast pod. You can follow me on Twitter at map seven. And follow me and the podcast on Instagram at Film Feast. Um, and that's it. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next time. Bye, everybody. <laughs>